Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of Kumo tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Previously on Outkick, the coverage. All right, call his cell phone. I want to hear the, I want to hear the dial tone here. Jason Martin just bails, leaves his laptop. Here we go. Hey, what's up? This is Jason. Sorry I missed your call, but if you would, just leave your name and number, and I will get back to you. Thanks. Hey, Jason, what's up? Uh, it's Clay Travis. You know your boss, the guy you left to do a three-hour radio show all by himself, even though we're on Radio Row? I just wanted to tell you, you're fired. We'll talk tomorrow. You suck. Now, all of your questions will be answered. Is Jason Martin there? Is Clay Travis planning a funeral? What the hell is on Eddie Garcia's head? It's some sort of siren. Did the crew in L.A. not have the right sound again? Keep your ears pinned to another edition of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Live from the Mall of America in Minnesota covering Super Bowl 52. That is an unbelievable opening. Soap opera, indeed. We are coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote as well. Outkick, the coverage live from Super Bowl week in Minneapolis, is presented by Black Rifle Coffee. They are a veteran-owned, veteran-roasted, and uh, you should check them out today. Visit blackriflecoffee.com today. All right. Jason Martin is here. Killing the suspense. Before he starts to talk, I have to finish the rest of the day. So for those of you who don't know, yesterday we started off the show, big day, Wednesday, live from Radio Row here at the Mall of America, third floor in Minneapolis. I open the show. Halfway through my open, I look over, and Jason Martin, like a five-year-old who is tired after too long of a day, 
has placed his head on the desk here. You can see the pictures. We actually have requested the security cam footage to be able to release of Jason Martin collapsing during the first segment of the show yesterday. So everybody is uh, is is like nobody has any clue what's going on because there's hardly anybody here this early in the morning when we're first starting the show. So I finish the open and I look over at him and he like drags his body up off the table and he is covered in sweat as if he has just jumped into a swimming pool. I mean, just absolutely drenched in sweat. And I'm like, man, you got to go. You got to get out of here. And then I legitimately did not hear anything from him. You heard some of those calls we call the airport. Uh, we, sorry, we call the hotel. We go through the front desk. We call his cell phone. Nothing at all for five, nearly six hours. No responses. I'm texting him. I'm calling him after the show. I have no idea what happened to him. And then I start thinking, what if he actually is dead? What if he had a heart attack and he died in his hotel room? So I called. I'm not making this up at all. I call the front desk, and I, I am talking to the same girl that we had on the show yesterday in hour three at the front desk, Bree from the Sheraton uh, Blue Ho- or the Radisson Blue Hotel. And I say to her, look, I, I don't know if you ever get calls like this, but the guy I work with, Jason Martin, he's the producer on my show. He's on the 13th floor of the hotel. And no one has heard from him in six hours. And I'm afraid that he might be dead. I said, can you go into his room and actually check and make sure? Can security go in and make sure that he's alive? So she's like, you want want me to do a wellness check? And I'm like, yeah, can you do a wellness check? And then I said, and can you call me back if he's alive or dead? I just need to know what's going on. Because if he's dead, I've got to think about how to play this. And I don't want to put up a poll question, is Jason Martin alive or dead, and then find out that dead, he's dead. That probably goes viral. And I care about the show, and I think people would judge me. But it wouldn't be my fault that he was dead. It would be his fault that he was dead. So we bring in now Jason Martin, who worked 15 minutes on Wednesday. By the way, Bree actually calls me back. He says, okay, he's alive. And he says that he just happened to get sick after being out all hours of the night and after doing the polar plunge and it had nothing at all to do with social activities or hanging out in the mall at all hours of the night for the Super Bowl party. All right, so J- Jason Martin, first of all, when the security check happened, what's the security check like when you're uh, when somebody's checking to see if you're alive in a hotel? Did he knock on the door? Yeah, and I thought it was hospitality because it was around the time hospitality has been coming around. So I went to the door to tell them I'm fine, like I have done every day this week. And it was a dude standing there that looked a little bit more professional. And he was just like, I've been told that we need to do a welfare check on you on behalf of Mr. Clay Travis. (laughs) And I was like, of course you have. That was well, the first thing. First of all, let, let's go back. So you get a you get a wellness check in your in your hotel room, right? Why did you not text or notify anybody when you went back to the hotel? Hey, I'm not feeling good. I've got the chills. I've got a fever. I think you had a hangover, but that's neither here nor there. And just text people and say, "Hey, I'm out. Sorry, I feel awful." And then everybody on the show, me, you didn't have to text me. You could have texted Danny, Danny G or Justin. I mean, guys in L.A., don't you think that should be the primary thought process here is that 
he should just have texted and said, hey, I'm back at the hotel, feeling awful, going to get underneath the covers and go to bed. Look, Clay, as, as Jason's coworkers and, and friends – we were really concerned about him. I, I mean, I don't. I, I, can't, I can't speak for, for for Danny G or 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 even Eddie Garcia. But me personally, I know that as I was driving home yesterday after the show, I, I couldn't sleep. All I was just thinking about is is Jason Martin alive, and uh, right, a text right. could have could have solved everything. Alleviated that concern. Yeah. All you had to do was send a text message. What about it's, you, Danny it's G? Right. True. Like, right after the show, I had a meeting with Vito. About that open you just heard, and when I told which Vito, is a, which is incredible, by the way, yeah, shouts to him, and and you know he took my notes and he ran with it, and but when I told him our concern, he lit a candle in his studio. <laughs> That's that might be why Jason Martin's alive today because of Vito's candle. I mean, I, I don't know, you know, the powers of uh, of of the other world of all of the uh, all the different religions that were coming together to to pray that Jason Martin had not died. I mean, I really thought you might be dead when you didn't contact anybody for six hours. And did you not hear the the phone ringing in your hotel room? Yeah, I heard it. Why didn't you answer? Because I didn't want to answer that call. <laughs> I was angry that that phone was ringing at that point because it had woken me up and I was still so you, in a bad way. you intentionally ignored our wellness check call? Well, I mean, I, I didn't know what it could have been. You knew that it was probably us checking to see if you were okay. Probably. And at that point, you could have gotten your phone which was also ringing, and texted, hey, really sick, my bad, Jason Martin. I could have, but I guess my thinking was what is your what is your What is your defense of yourself here? Okay. Um, Tuesday, I made you're gonna some— blame, You're going to blame the— uh, No, just wait. All right. How about you actually let me lay it out before you tell I me already what know it's. Say. I already know it's a flaw. This is like listening to OJ try to explain how he didn't kill Nicole Brown. The only Simpson thing I'm going to tell you is what you suggested it might be. I don't think it was because I talked to numerous people I was with that night that said, no, one, didn't have enough. Two, absolutely you was ha- fine you having regular there conversations zero with connection people. to alcohol. I, I don't think so, but the only thing that I would say maybe it was is I didn't have very much, but I haven't had any anything other than maybe a glass of wine since I've lost this last 140 pounds, at least of this 148 now that I've lost. So maybe even a little bit would affect me differently than it did before. But in general, what happened was Tuesday my schedule was out of whack and some weird things went down. First off, the only meal that I had the entire day, I was with you at breakfast at like 8.30 that morning. Other than that, I had a protein shake. Then I went and did the uh, polar plunge downtown, came back and went to the media party. And most of the stuff, pretty much all of the stuff that was being given out at the media party food-wise was stuff either I did not want to eat or it wasn't on my diet. So I avoided eating the entire time through that media party because there was nothing there for me in that situation. So I had breakfast and I had a protein shake and maybe a protein bar, and that was all I had had the entire day. So you add that to what we just discussed. Do you dispute the fact that not only me, but I was not there to see this conversation, but Elijah, our social media ninja. Yeah, I talked to him a little bit. All right, you talked to him, and you saw Scott Shapiro, our boss. Yeah, You saw our boss. Our boss, Scott Shapiro, says that you told him that you were on your eighth drink. I didn't have eight drinks. Positively, so you, you're, you're calling Scott Shapiro your boss's boss. No, I'm just saying if I said that, that was that was misheard. I did not have anywhere near that much. All right, let's uh, maybe half that much. All right, let's go to uh, L.A. Can, is that your full story? <laughs> no, the only other thing I would say is, and I told you this, and I told Scott this in that conversation. 
the polar plunge, everybody's, oh, how bad was it? And I was just like, that was not, I actually made it out to be, in my head, I thought it would be a lot worse than it turned out to be. It was fine. The problem was after I got out of the pool. How long were you in the water in the polar plunge? I don't know, 10, 15 seconds. It's not like a long deal. It was kind of just going through. Um, and I, I submerged myself completely. Some you went all the way did under. not, but I went all the way under. And then I got out, and I was in a heated tunnel there for about 30 seconds, got my towel, and then I walked out. And they led me in the wrong direction for some way. So I stood outside in just my you know, swim trunks and my outkick shirt for about 8 to 10 minutes while they continually tried to send me in the right direction. Everybody wearing a blue coat was sending me somewhere different. So I was outside in this cold with the wet clothes on for 8 to 10 minutes after I got out. Did that mess with me? I don't think that it was good. And then I came back and I immediately dressed and went to the media party and, again, did not have time for dinner. I should have just gone somewhere in the mall and eaten a salad before I went to the media deal, but I didn't end up doing that. So when I go in there and I have, you know, a little bit to drink and I haven't had anything to eat and I've done what I've done, then I'm sure that that all didn't play well. But the fact that I had a fever and that I had chills and even after I thought everything was good last night around 8 o'clock had just a little bit of a minor relapse there tells me I don't think this had anything to do with anything that happened on Tuesday night. And again, if you talk to the people that I was around, nobody said that I acted like I was completely out of my mind. I was having cogent conversations all night long. It was just a freak thing that went down. And the other thing is, I didn't voluntarily leave. You told me to leave, and then I sat here for about three to five more minutes just to see if it would pass. I I didn't want to go. And so when you told me to leave, I left. And then you were sending wellness checks on me. As soon as I got to the room, the chills hit, and I didn't even think about anything else. I threw my phone, as a matter of fact, away, like deep on the bed, and I was just, I was out at that point. All right, let's, let's, you've heard his story. Let's go to L.A. Danny G. and Justin, are you buying it? Man, there's a, there's a lot to uh... unpack there. Yeah. yeah. Tell First us about all, this relapse. Potentially, potentially, throw, yeah, potentially throwing the, uh, the people who were putting on the charity event under the bus for not knowing how to get you warm again. Diabolical move by you. Diabolical. Come on, I'm not throwing them under Diabol- the bus. I'm just saying that. They got me sick and I almost died because they didn't know how to warm me up. I'm just saying that me being outside might have been a problem. I don't blame them at all. Like, there was so much going on, no one really knew where everything was. Um, The details also seem to be foggy here. I mean, he's calling calling our boss a liar. No, I'm not calling him a liar. I'm saying if I said that, then I didn't mean to say it. I didn't have anywhere near that. Maybe maybe you said it because you were tipsy. Oh, maybe you. Maybe you, but it wasn't eight. Maybe you blacked out after the the fourth <laughs> drink, and you don't remember <laughs> like, the next like four. A, four like a, would have been like eight. A, like a freshman sorority girl. You got no idea. You have. What was your drink? What was that? That was, a, that was a, a, he almost. What was your drink of choice? Um, it was uh, what was it? It was vodka and soda. Vodka, a couple soda. of those. All right, that was it. All right, so. I don't drink much. That's the other thing. I barely ever drink. That's just only the second time Clay's ever seen me with alcohol. The other time was one beer, and that's generally it for me. I just I don't really believe in it very much at all. I believe deeply in alcohol. I know. Um, so let, let's. Uh, I just I just think a lot of holes in this story. Now I will say this: last year, right after I started this show, I went to the Tennessee and Alabama football game, and I went up on a bus. And on the way back from the bus, after spending all day in Knoxville tailgating and having a decent amount of drinks, I got so sick. It's the only time I've been sick in like two years of doing this show. I threw up in my – did I talk about this on the air back then? I threw up in my car on the way home. 
and like literally threw up in my car. I couldn't even make it home once I got back to the uh, with the bus. Um, it was like a luxury bus that we were spending the day on. And when I woke up the next day, I was sick, and my wife refused to believe that I was actually sick. She said I was hungover, and she said it was because I had too much to drink. But I was sick for like four or five days, and then she eventually agreed that it wasn't alcohol. I think you were just hungover. I mean, you can say that. It's not like I could say because I have no idea whether or not that caused it. Maybe it exacerbated or what little bit that I did have caused me some issues. Maybe that you were roofied. But no, no. <laughs> but when I left the party, you can talk to the people. When I left the party and departed from them that were heading to their hotel, I was rolling up the escalator and I just said goodbye. I wasn't swaying. I wasn't slurring. There was no issue there. Right. Got back to the room. Open the phone, no open, problem. Opening the phone lines. We're at the Super Bowl. We're going to talk with Jerome Bettis here momentarily. The bus, um, uh, the uh, – Legendary Pittsburgh Steeler as well as Super Bowl winning running back. We're going to talk with him here shortly live from Radio Row in Minneapolis, third floor of the Mall of America. We will take your calls. I believe we have we have 10 lines in Nashville, but I believe we have – how many lines do you guys have in L.A.? Six? Correct. Jury. I'm going to allow the jury to decide, do you believe J-Mart, the first six callers – that the guys in L.A. pick, and I say pick because they can actually speak on air. If you get a caller who cannot speak on air, say thank you and then hang up on them and get it until we get a, a reasonable jury member, all right? 877-996-6369. We got a loaded show for you today. Let me give you an idea of what's coming if you're listening on the podcast. Incredible audience that continues to grow on the podcast. You can search out OutKick on iTunes. We are going to talk to Jerome Bettis, as I just said, probably right around the bottom of the hour. Should be outstanding. I'm looking forward to that. We are also going to talk with Dan Wetzel in hour two, regular guest. He's going to stop by on Radio Row here in person with us. And then we are also in hour three going to speak with Jeff Schwartz, who usually is on with us Wednesday. He's going to be on Radio Row. And uh, all of that is still And to we've come. got Moose Johnston coming on right. as well this morning. And we've got Moose Johnson who's coming on in hour two as well. Daryl Moose Johnson obviously calls games for Fox, uh, I believe, as well as part of the legendary dynasty Dallas Cowboy teams lining up as fullback behind Troy Aikman. All of that to come. Loaded show. Lots of guests. But we'll take your calls. The only time we're going to have the phones open in hour one. Do you believe Jason Martin? Six people. A jury of six. We will go to them immediately. 877-996-6369. I'm glad he's alive, kind of, although sure, it would have been a good story be if he had died too. Uh, this is Outkick the Coverage. I'm Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. And let me tell you all about – I've got somebody to tell you is awesome. And I've got to tell you that my friends at ZipRecruiter, if you are in need of great talent for your business but short on time, you don't have to get lost in a huge stack of resumes to find your perfect hire. You just need the right tools, smarter tools. ZipRecruiter posts your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards with just one click. Then ZipRecruiter actively looks for the most qualified candidates and invites them to apply. They even review every application to identify the top candidates so you never miss a great match. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other hiring sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on the right candidates finding you. It finds them. No wonder 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes and industries to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Clay. 
That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Clay. One more time to try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Clay. I wonder if back in the day, Mace and Puffy and the guys, like sometimes they had they didn't feel that good the next morning after they had a lot of drinks. And they said that it was just, you know, like that they had been in cold bodies of water and uh, that they suddenly what, had a Was fever. I in a cold body of water? I, maybe so. I, I was. Know. I raised, and thanks to the Outkick Army, by the way, raised over $2,600, which we then maybe. doubled. I ended up being the third highest donator or third highest participant in the entire thing. So that's uh-huh. due to all the Outkick fans. Good for them. Just wish they could have done it for somebody more honest. Okay. Great. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price. And invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. We're going to go to Eddie Garcia here quickly, and then we're going to have the jury impaneled to decide Jason Martin's fate. Do they believe his excuses or not, or was it just simply a hangover? Uh, we go to Eddie Garcia first, though. What do you think, Eddie? Do you, are you buying into you? We'll make you an early member of the jury. Uh, Are you buying Jason's defensive illness, or do you think it was just a hangover? Well, I, look, I saw the video of him jumping in the uh, the frozen water there, and great cause and well done, but he was in there for like 10 seconds. I don't buy yeah. that making When he was sick. outside, he says, for 10 minutes. When yeah, the then mighty he, bugs and then he went, of, uh, of Minneapolis gathered in his in his uh, in his in his yeah. germs germ laden life here, he jumped in the water immediately out and then into like some sort of warming area. So I, I'm, I'm I don't know if I'm buying really that too warm. much. It looked, looked, looked yeah, like it, was it probably would have honestly like strengthened his uh, immune system. All right, what you got for us? What's shaking well, the world? Well, real sports? quick, please any... tell me that you're not covering this LeBron James might play for the Warriors story. Uh no, no, I'm not. Okay, but uh, we good. do have some NBA notes to tell you about, including the Trailblazers beating the Bulls 124 108. C.J. McCollum only played three quarters. He had 50 points for Portland. He's a sixth player to score 50 or more in an NBA game this season. Celtics did not have star Kyrie Irving. They still crushed the Knicks 103-73. Terry Rozier played in the starting lineup for Kyrie Irving. He was out due to injury. He had a triple-double, 17 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists. Cavaliers get by the Heat 91-89. Cleveland wins for the fourth time in its last 11 games. College troops, we had eight ranked teams in action, including three teams in the top five. Number two, Virginia beat Louisville 74-64. Third-ranked Purdue won its 18th straight, beating Maryland 75-67. And number five, Michigan State down Penn State 76-68. And Clay, news from the NFL, where Fox won the bid for Thursday Night Football. They will carry 11 games per season, agreeing on a five-year deal reportedly worth around $600 million per year. Big time, no doubt. Um, all right, let's go to – we, yeah, we're going to go quickly. I need your verdict quickly on the phone calls, all right? So here we go. Let's start with Lynn in Louisville. Lynn, are you buying it or not? I'm buying it. He's not guilty. He's telling what can possibly happen because it happened to a teacher friend of mine. Exactly. What did she say? Guilty or she not guilty? not guilty. Did she say not, not guilty? guilty? I had trouble hearing. Not guilty? Not oh, guilty. God. Thank you. Not Thank guilty. you, Lynn. <laughs> All right, Jordan and in- oh, that's women. They're they're lenient. They like they were, if there were only women on juries, nobody would ever be convicted of anything. Let's go to Jordan in Indiana. What's up, Jordan? Yeah, man, I I'm gonna go. I'm gonna buy it. I for, for as long as I've been listening, I feel like J Mark's an honest guy. I'm buying it. And Clay, you're a savage. I appreciate that. What's that's happening accurate. here? I can't believe people this. actually this understand is, the truth is, when they is, hear it. 
This is what Marsha Clark and Johnny Cochran felt like <laughs> when the OJ verdict came down. Wait a second. They were just Jason, in disbelief. Jason, you're saying it like, like you believed in the jury. During the commercial break, you were already you cursing said, the jury. You were going after the yeah. jury. You said, I just said, you said, don't stack the jury. No, you said, no. I already know what they're going to say. You've been mumbling under your breath, and now they're saving you. Dave in Minnesota. What's up, Dave? Yeah, uh, I, I, guilty. All right. Of course. That's Dave, right. Dave, you're banned. That's Don't ever good. call the show thanks, again. Thanks for being the man, Dave. Actually having a working brain. Let's go to Tobin. Tobin. Tobin in Idaho. There's not one. Is going, that Tobin? Yeah. After that, Tob- I'm going 100% guilty, and I still hold a grudge on that whole driving in the snow. I'm Amen. Saying, yeah, you want the real story? Amen. Someday. Amen. Mike in Wisconsin. What's up, Mike? I got to say that uh, I like to drink my beer, and I'm pretty sure he's guilty. Thank you. I don't know what that Thanks. has to do with anything, Mike. The fact that you're a glutton, the fact that you're a lush, no. nobody gives a damn player. No, you told don't call the show again. You, you told – I love you, Mike. Thanks for calling. You told everybody that you didn't like alcohol. He's saying he likes I alcohol. Barely do. Darren in California. What's up, Darren? Uh, hey, fellas. Okay, if it, 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 it is true that he had the eight drinks, I got to go guilty. But it didn't have eight drinks. He might have been, been roofy. So uh, oh. I'm going to say not guilty. Not guilty. Oh, been that's a hung jury. We literally have a hung jury. Wow. We went three three. I don't even fantastic. know what. I don't even know what to expect. That's why we need ten lines. We need a tiebreaker. I, I don't even know what to say. This, no, we don't. We this is where the handcuffs come. We got to have a tiebreaker. We do not. First, first call. Well, but they know what we. We're gonna have to randomly load the lines up. I will randomly pick one person when we come back. Then we're gonna talk to Jerome Bettis. The first person, you just give me all six names. I will randomly pick one without being queued off, tipped off. That will be the deciding uh, verdict, uh, jury vote, to go to 4-3 one way or the other. First person, don't tell me what they want. Just give me all the names, and I will randomly pick one. Uh, We'll do that right before Jerome Bettis. Until then, up next, it's Jerome Bettis, the star of the Pittsburgh Steelers championship in Detroit. What does he think about Le'Veon Bell? What does he think about so many of the issues here between Brady and Nick Foles, Eagles versus Patriots? Who's going to win? All that and more with Jerome Bettis, the bus, pulling in next on OutKick, the coverage. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago as well. Wouldn't you love a bigger tax refund? TaxLayer was recently rated number one for maximum refund, so you have more cash to spend on whatever the heck you want. This tax season, go out and slay it. Max your refund at TaxSlayer.com. I'm told we have another witness to J-Mart's uh, Tuesday night. That's going to be a blockbuster revelation, Nancy Grace style here, I believe. But first, the bus has pulled in. It's Jerome Bettis. And, Jerome, thanks for joining us here early this morning. And i got to ask you, is it more impressive to you now or more memorable now that you've won a Super Bowl, or did it mean more in that instant? In other words, now that you're retired, do you reflect upon it more, or was it still a bigger instant when you were still playing? Yeah, that's a, that's a, a good question because for me, uh, I don't know how everyone is, but for me the goal every year was always to win a championship. That was, that was the prize. And so every year was a constant struggle trying to get there, trying to get there, and not quite. Uh, having enough to get there. And so having won it my last year, uh, it put everything for me in a different perspective in that, you know, I got a chance to reach the mountaintop. I won a championship, hometown, all of that. And now when I look back on it, it's still the crowning achievement uh, of my football career. 
and a lot of people, you know, talk about the Hall of Fame, but for me, the Hall of Fame was a byproduct of wanting to win a championship. The goal was, wasn't to be in the Hall of Fame. The goal was to win a championship. And so, for me, this time of the year is very special because I, I kind of reflect back to when we got an opportunity and we won, we took advantage of it. Uh, and so, wanting you know, these players to understand the significance of this moment, regardless of if you're on the Patriots, you may never get there again. I know, you know that doesn't sound, sound right, yes. but the reality is it may never happen, so you have to understand that. And if you're, for, if you're a, a Philadelphia Eagles player, understand too, it may never happen again. Seize the moment because you may ne- never be back in this position. And that's kind of the thought that goes through my mind every time I go to the Super Bowl. You were connected kind of as a linchpin. You were finishing your career as Ben Roethlisberger came in. How many more years does Ben Roethlisberger have? You were a big physical yeah. back who took a lot of hits. You weren't dodging and running out of bounds. Like, you were going head-to-head with a lot of guys over the years. Roethlisberger's a big physical quarterback yeah. who has yeah. taken hits and hung in the pocket for a long time. You see a guy like Brady, not really that similar to Roethlisberger. He gets down. He avoids contact. He's in his 40s. He's still playing well. How long can Big Ben still be Super Bowl caliber in your mind? I, I think he could, at the, at the rate and the way that he plays – I still believe, you know, three years he can play at a very, very high level, a championship level for another three years. I think at that point, then you have to consider uh, physical uh, restraints in terms of your body starting to, to, to kind of give way. Because the one, the one thing that, that Ben does have is that he's got a good offensive line, so he doesn't take that many shots, but the shots that he, that he does take, are kind of those mush shots where he's staying in the pocket a little longer and the, it kind of collapses on him. And he doesn't necessarily get hammered, but it's a cumulative effect. So if you take the you know, next couple of years and you start adding those hits in at his age, I got to figure at the most uh, probably three years at, at a very, very elite level. We're talking to Pittsburgh Steeler legend Jerome Bettis, Super Bowl champion Jerome Bettis. Would you pay Le'Veon Bell whatever he wants? What's he worth? Yeah, that, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's because, obviously, you know, when you look at the game and you look at how this, this whole scenario is working and how the, the running back position has been devalued, but I'll, I'll tell you this. Look at the teams who went out and got a first-round running back and you saw the difference that that Leonard Fournette changed the Jacksonville Jaguars changed, overnight. Changed them overnight. Ezekiel Elliott did the same thing with the Dallas Cowboys. So when you look at what a franchise running back does, he changes the franchise. Uh, that being said, I think you know Le'Veon Bell is going to have to set the market. I think he's the top guy that sets the market. And so for years, the market was depressed. Right, Chris Johnson was one of the last guys to get a really a big, big contract number. at the running back position. Exactly. And so the numbers were, have been depressed as a result of that. But I think now you're starting to see a different era. In What's terms old is of new again back. almost. Absolutely. And so you see Kareem Hunt, what he got a chance to do uh, with the uh, Chiefs. So, so the running back is critically important. We're starting to really uh, get out of the fog and see that if you got a franchise running back, it's significant. It pays dividends. The problem is because of this spreads, the spread offense in college, you're not seeing the sheer numbers of, of quality running backs because the high schools, 
they're they're moving them. They're moving those those special players from running back to linebacker. So by the time they get to the NFL, they're not a running back, and so you don't have the availability of these great running backs now. And now you only got a couple teams that's running this offense, so you don't have that many there. So now you've got to pick right, right? And it's only two or three out there. You got to pick right, but when you pick right. It changes your team, so you got to pay him uh, the big numbers. I would have to think 14, 15. You think he's worth it? Definitely worth it. He's definitely so worth it. I talked to Eddie George probably a year ago. Uh, I know Eddie, you and Eddie were contemporaries uh-huh. playing at the same time, both big physical backs. Eddie said if he were playing football today, he would play tight end because he's big enough, he thinks he's fast enough, and the tight ends get paid at a different level. Obviously, you guys yeah. also had success out of the backfield catching the football. Any part of you wonder whether you would be a running back if you were coming up today? I think I'd still be a running back. Unfortunately for me, I would probably be more of a situational running back, like Garrett Blunt. Yes, I would be a situation. Come in as the big yeah. pounding physical I would guy be as the situation. to the ball twenty exactly. or thirty times a game. Exactly because because the, the actual offenses have changed. Now the 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 formula is throw the ball, get up early, and then run the football. Uh, late and that was the opposite when I played we ran the football you pounded it then you set up the 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 play action pass and you threw it some and then you came back to pounding it but it was pound on the front end a little a sprinkle of of throwing it and then pound on the back end that that way of life is long gone I believe you're from Detroit if I'm not mistaken Blake Griffin gets traded to your hometown (laughs) Pistons Pistons have been I know they won the title with Rip Hamilton Mm -hmm. and Ben Wallace and those guys but they've had a little bit of a downward trajectory yeah. since then. What can Blake Griffin mean to Detroit? What did you think when you saw that news? You know what? I was, you know, I was pleasantly surprised. But I knew it was going to take something like that to get a, a, a superstar there, a guy who, who has you know, four or five years left on his contract where he can't go anywhere. He doesn't have an option uh, because I don't think Detroit is the first choice in free agency. He's like, oh, look at him. Okay, I'm going to the Pistons. Yeah, going yeah. from 85 right. degrees right. in L.A. to yeah. land in 15 degrees in Detroit. That, now, my wife is from the Detroit area, right. so when I go up, I'm like, hey, babe, we'll right. go up and visit your family. I don't want to go at Christmas. I want right. to go, like, yeah. July 4th. It's good weather. You know, you get right. to hang out in the lakes. Exactly. It's nice. I don't want to be up there when it's minus 10, which it, right. which it sometimes is it, the wrong time it, of year. Absolutely. And you say to yourself, let's go for Easter and not necessarily yeah, exactly. Christmas or Thanksgiving. No doubt. And, and, and I get it. I understand it. And for that reason, I thought um, it was going to be hard for them to get a superstar there. But they understood the dynamic. Hey, you just got this brand-new stadium, beautiful. Supposedly spectacular. Yeah, it, it really is. And so now you got to put some people in there. And the only way you put people in the seats is – Big-time entertainer, star. Entertainer, star, a quality uh, basketball team. And so they have a good team but not a great team. They needed a star to really put them over the top so that you want to go and watch the game. And I think that's kind of what he's done. And I think, um, you know, they're going to build a better team around him uh, and, and, and give him some help. But they've got some quality pieces there. Uh, and, and you'll be surprised once he gets in the fold how competitive that team becomes. A couple of last questions for you here. Um, we've been asking a lot of people this, and we're talking to Jerome Bettis, Super Bowl champ, Pittsburgh Steeler legend. Now that Brady's going for his sixth title, sports fan, Jordan has six, Brady has six. You know the toll, toll of football, but you're a sports fan in general. Which guy's career do you think is more impressive? 
Well, you know, that, that is that's, that's the tough. ultimate debate. That's the ultimate debate. I, I think because of what Jordan was able to do in terms of he mesmerized you when you watched the him entire play. nation. You, he, he, I mean, you just you, you became, you know, you're a Jordan stuck. guy it, over yeah, a LeBron absolutely, guy. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, no. You're in that 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 aura of Jordan. And so to if you had to, you know, put them apples to apples, which they aren't, I would still have to go Jordan because Jordan never lost. Yep. He got to that moment. He never lost. Um, but it's so much harder, I think, to win an NFL championship than it is an NBA championship. One player can impact and, uh, and affect uh, the game, like we're seeing now with LeBron. Yes. It's like any team that he's on, they're, they're going to be in the championship. So that tells you that one player can impact that, whereas in football it's not quite the same, but Tom makes it seem like you could put – Ten guys around Doesn't him, matter. and he find he'll find a way to get it done. So, I, I I say Michael Jordan, with respect to Tom, knowing that what he has done is incredible and unmatched. Who you got, Eagles or Patriots? You know what? I'm rooting for the for the Eagles out of Pennsylvania love. Out of, <laughs> absolutely, but but here's here's the one caveat to that: the Patriots have proven. The only way you beat them is your quarterback has to play great. Not your defense. Your defense can play great. Yep. Your quarterback has to make the plays. And I, and I go back just two games, you know, two last big games. You look at Blake Bortles and the third down situation. He gets a delay a game instead oh, of completing the pass. Yes. That changes, out of a timeout. Out of a timeout. That changes the dynamic of that game. Now they punt the ball instead of – in, in at field minimum, goal range, going up 17-3. At minimum. Now you give the Patriots an opportunity to go in, get, 10, get, a, get a touchdown, down by 10 at the half. Big difference in down by 17, right? Yeah. So now you change the whole dynamic of that game. And then you go back to, obviously, the Super Bowl and, and Matt Ryan not taking the, the, the sack or taking the sack yes. in, in, in a situation where you can't take the sack. Those are the small plays that the quarterback determines, right? And if you are a quarterback and you make the bad, the wrong decision, that will come back to haunt your football team. And so I say that to say, now you look at this game, can Nick Foles make all of the correct plays and not make that mistake that costs you the game? If I had to look at him and say, which guy is not going to make the mistake, you know who you got to go with. So There's with no that being said – uh, you know, I'm rooting for the Eagles, but um, hard reality says the the, the, the Pats. Probably. Jerome Bettis, what have you got going on later today? I am working with Land Lakes, and, and uh, we have an event called the Farm Bowl. Yes. And it's, uh, it, it's a, a great event. It's free. It's, it's at 1 o'clock, and it's at the uh, 3M Arena uh, at Mariucci. It's on the uh, University of Minnesota's campus. It's the hockey arena. Uh, just come out. It's going to be former and active NFL players, you know, paired with uh, farmers, and, and we're going through these challenges. Uh, and, and if you get an opportunity, if you want to come out, it's free, like I said, but if you want to get a little more information on your way out, you can go to thefarmbowl.com. You can get that information. I think it's going to be a great event. We're going to be, you know, throwing bells of hay, and it's going to be a, a, a drone drop. So it's going to be a great awesome. event. Awesome. Later today, 1 o'clock yep. in Minneapolis, uh, get out there and check it out, thefarmbowl.com. Thank you, yep. Jerome Bettis, for the time. Thank I mean. you. Appreciate it.
Jerome Bettis here with us early in the morning as he exits the stage. We bring on another individual onto the stage, and he is Elijah, our social media guru. He has been here all week, and he actually witnessed Jason Martin on Tuesday night and had a conversation with him. Elijah, what can you report? Well, all I can say is that when I saw him, he was incredibly coherent. He was incredibly fine. Sure, he may have drank in a few. Scott said a little more, but I wasn't sure about that because I didn't have that conversation. What did he say about his own ability to withstand all of the ravages of Super Bowl week? I believe he made a ironic statement given that he would have to tap out the next day about sleep. I think he, know, he knows the saying very well, but it was something along the lines of, like, uh, sleep is kind of like a luxury, but um, when it comes right down to it, um, it just, it, it, I can't remember the I exact think what he said phrase. was, I think what he said, and Jason Martin, you can confirm this, and you would admit that this is very ironic. When you were asked about why you were out so late, you said, sleep is a luxury, sleep not a necessity. Sleep has become a luxury, because you were, he was asking about how we do this show every morning early, yes. and I'm not a yes. morning person, you're not really a morning person, and I said, sleep has become a luxury, it's no longer a necessity, at least that's how you have there to it view is. it to be able to get through this. And then the next day, you passed out on the stage. I did not pass out. First off, my head never hit the table. Head, that was not true. All right. It was we, in my we hands. Have, we have requested – your head is on the ground, was on the table. We have requested the footage from the uh, from the mall, like through the mall security <laughs> here. They may I – and mean, if we get that, you can bet yourself I'm going to immediately release it on social media. I believe – because there's cameras everywhere. i to that. There's cameras everywhere in the mall. So when you uh, put your head on the table – which you're denying now, it'll immediately go out everywhere. So, Elijah, you saw him, uh, but he didn't, you didn't hear him say he had eight drinks. No, I did not hear him say eight drinks. All I know is that from what he told me, that he was like, you know, from what he told me after I was talking to him, what he said to you, he was incredibly coherent. He, could, he was fine, nothing him. So I imagine something hit him that was really bad later, for sure. All right, so you're voting for he, he just got sick. There it is right there. There's your, no, there's your tie he, break right he, there. No, no. no. We're going to have to go to an additional voter because he, anyway. he is an additional juror. He's, he's biased. He would not be allowed to sit on the jury because he knows us. Right. Uh, all right, Elijah, we will see you here later in the day. Uh, right. By the way, do you think – by the way, last question for you, Elijah. Scott yeah. Shapiro, our boss, said that Jason Martin told him he had had eight drinks. Have you ever known Scott Shapiro to lie? Scott Shapiro is not a liar. All right. All right. It's an important distinction. All right, so I don't know. Thanks for the call. Uh, we'll see you down here on Radio Row in a little while. I don't know what time Scott Shapiro is going to wake up, but I think that's a blockbuster revelation when we get his recollect, recollection of you and your behavior on uh, Tuesday night. We'll find out whether or not. But we start off hour two. My guy Dan Wetzel, he's off stage here. He's going to join us for hour two. Uh, I'll kick the coverage. We'll talk all about the Super Bowl, and he's also been covering this Michigan State story more than and more and better than anybody. What does he think about that and the latest? We'll discuss all of those issues and more. I am Clay Travis. We are live Radio Row, third floor. It's open to the public. Mall of America in the food court. Come see us every single day. Lots of you have come by. Thanks for that. This is I'll kick the coverage on Fox Sports Radio. 
Drinking the night in basketball first in NBA games of note. The Trailblazers beat the Bulls 124-108. to Portland C.J. McCollum had 50 points and only three quarters of action. Didn't play in the fourth quarter. He's the sixth player this season to go for 50 or more points in an NBA game. Celtics without star Kyrie Irving still roll over the Knicks 103-73. to Terry Rozier started in place of Irving who was out due to injury. He had a triple-double, 17 points. 11 rebounds and 10 assists. Cavaliers hold off the heat for a 91-89 victory. That's just the fourth win in the last 11 games for Cleveland. College basketball, eight ranked teams were in action, including three teams in the top five. Number two, Virginia. Third ranked, Purdue. And number five, Michigan State. All posted wins. One ranked team did lose. That was number 15, West Virginia, who fell at Iowa State 93-77. to I'm Eddie Garcia. We Previously on Outkick the coverage. All right, call his cell phone. I want to hear the I want to hear the dial tone here. Jason Martin just bails, leaves his laptop. Here we go. Hey, what's up? This is Jason. Sorry I missed your call, but if you would just leave your name and number, and I will get back to you. Thanks. Hey, Jason, what's up? Uh, it's Clay Travis. You know your boss, the guy you left to do a three-hour radio show all by himself, even though we're on Radio Row. I just wanted to tell you, you're fired. We'll talk tomorrow. You suck. Now, all of your questions will be answered. Is Jason Martin there? Is Clay Travis planning a funeral? What the hell is on Eddie Garcia's head? It's some sort of siren. Did the crew in L.A. not have the right sound again? Keep your ears pinned to another edition of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Live from the Mall of America in Minnesota covering Super Bowl 52. Spectacular open there, Marconi Award winning. We are live on Radio Row from the Geico Outkick Studios, which this week are the Mall of America on the third floor. You can come see us. The doors open at 6 a.m. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote as well. Super Bowl week brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee Company. They're veteran-owned, veteran-roasted. Visit blackriflecoffee.com today and use the code Fox Sports 20 for 20% off your first order. All right, we're going to talk with Dan Hansel here. I've got a lot to live for. Jason Martin doesn't want to die. I thought he might have died yesterday. For those of you who uh, were listening yesterday, you know Jason Martin uh, nearly died on set. I sent him home. He didn't respond to any media that reached out for the next six hours. We are now having a jury verdict of whether or not you believe that he was – I believe he's hungover. I think he just had too much to drink, and he was hungover, and his body couldn't handle it. He claims that he got sick. It is tied 3-3. Three to three. We went to phone calls earlier. I will take the last call now, and we have, uh, let's see. I'm going to go with Gator in Indiana. Gator in Indiana for the win. Do you believe, Jason Martin, that he was just uh, got sick, or do you believe me that he was simply hungover and was not able to handle his alcohol? This is he was hungover and he couldn't handle it. Bang, Jason Martin, guilty, guilty, yes. guilty, 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 like guilty. You... Whatever, dude. <laughs> You're banned. Your name's Gator for crying out loud. Thanks. I, I I went to Gator. Thank you, Gator. Thank you for bringing the voice of justice to the masses. I like that Elijah doesn't count, even though you brought him on as a prosecutorial witness, and he basically defended me to the nth degree. He doesn't count because he knows us. A lot just of like the just like are also just like him. by the way, my mom doesn't count because she knows us. She says you're not guilty. 
Right. But she knows us. She also defended me during Opaque Gate. As were, did Nashville severe weather, which I think should have completely exonerated a, me immediately. Been a rough month for you. Uh, all right, Dan Wetzel joining us now here on Radio Row, and uh, Dan, you this is crazy. Like we're here talking about the Patriots, and they've become a dynasty. But if you grew up in the New England area, you remember when the Patriots were like kind of a laughable joke of a franchise. They weren't quite the Browns. But they were kind of close to the Browns. Does a part of you find it amazing that we're talking about the eighth Brady-Belichick Super Bowl and that the Patriots are maybe the greatest dynasty in the history of pro football? Yeah, because it came out of nowhere. I mean, that's kind of the thing. Like, they hired the Browns coach. And then Drew Bledsoe was like a good quarterback, and then he gets hurt. And then they bring in this guy they got in the fifth round. And it was like, from that moment on, all of a sudden – so a coach that had been a, a, a retread coach from the Browns and a fifth-round draft pick, if you had sat in there and told anybody in 2001, you just got the greatest coach com- QB combo of all time. Like it, 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 there's it no, would have been a laughably like, absurd prediction. It's not like crap, they had the number we, one pick and they got yeah. Bill Parcells with him or something uh, yeah, like that. Somebody like, who would want They had that. Level. They had Drew Bledsoe. Yes, and, and Parcells. And, Parcells yeah. and it didn't work. Like, yes. you know, they were good. But so, yeah, it's, it's a little shocking. Um, it's actually just shocking that they've been able to maintain it all these years, all the different parts. There's only two guys that are still there. I mean, they, they have 19 players on this roster that were undrafted out of college. They constantly find guys that can play. I just write about James Devlin. They, they pick up out of Brown, put him on his practice squad. I mean, this guy played like one game of arena football, and now he's a pro bowler. Like, they find ways to get guys to get stuff done. That's, that's more surprising to me than like my history. I mean, any team can get good. But the idea that you know, I started covering Super Bowls and uh, the, the Patriots' second victory, the one in Houston, and we're still here writing the same columns about these guys practically. It, it's, it's pretty astounding. We're talking to Dan Wetzel at Dan Wetzel on Twitter. He is the Yahoo Sports national columnist, one of the best national columnists, if not the best in the entire country. Um, Dan, when you break down eighth Super Bowl with Brady and Belichick, is there really anything else that these guys can do to burnish their legacy at this point, or are they effectively legendary and iconic, and it, what happens the rest of their careers almost doesn't even matter? I mean, I don't think it matters. You've got five Super Bowls. I mean, they could go five and three in Super Bowls. I mean, people, someone will be like, oh, they lost three. I mean, every game's close. They could be 7-0. and oh, They could be 0-7. I mean, it's, it's hard to it, – it'll even out. Uh, obviously, a sixth gives them one more, but – his first ballot, Hall of Famers, all-time stuff. So anything like that, I, I, I don't really see this as a, any, any kind of issue where there's legacy on the line. I think they, they, when they came back and won that fourth one, that was the legacy. They needed to win again and get over the hump of the, o, the 18-0 and o season, which really was the best team they had and didn't win it. Um, now they've got this thing set. And so whatever they win, they win. If they don't, you know, so be it. They didn't win it. We're talking with Dan Wetzel, Yahoo Sports National Columnist at Dan Wetzel. Um, And uh, you uh, have been coming on the show for a while. We're talking about the Super Bowl, Patriots. I think it's unique that you grew up in New England. I think a lot of people have forgotten for how long the Patriots were not very good. We're talking about Brady and Belichick and everything else. If I told you right now, you have to pick Brady for two years or Belichick for two years. Next two years, who you got? So one's going to retire? One's going to leave or retire. 
you have to only get one of those guys for the next two years. The other one's gone. Well, I'm not a Patriots fan, really, but, I mean, I think. Who's more valuable? Well, I think you want Belichick because Belichick will continue to set the team up. I mean, if I'm a Patriots fan, I mean, you're going to love Tom Brady more because Tom Brady's the player, but I think you'd want Belichick because he'll set up a successor and, 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 and keep the ball rolling. Uh, so I w- that would be my guess is you want Bill Belichick for two years and then Tom Brady. Um, particularly, you don't really know what Brady can do, what, what Brady's going to be able to do the next two years. When you uh, let's shift gears a little bit here uh, from the Super Bowl, we're obviously here on Radio Row Thursday morning, getting closer and closer to the Super Bowl. But you have been covering this Michigan State story, and we've had you on a couple of different times to talk about it. You also happen to now live in Michigan, so you're not only covering that story; you're pretty close geographically to it. You're a resident of the state of Michigan. This story just has so many different tendrils. I'm going to start here. Do you believe that Izzo and D'Antonio will survive this scandal? We've had the president resign. We've had the athletic director resign. Do you think those two guys will still be in their positions as football coach and basketball coach in the next season? And maybe also, should they? Do you have any values judgment at all there? I think they will. I mean, unless there's some incident. Blockbuster that's still out there that you don't know about. Yeah, I mean, just because two people work at a massive organization, there's no relation between Larry Nassar and and Tom Izzo. They never met met each other. Is it fair the way that story covered? Because I don't think the Michigan State basketball or football teams get brought into it if Larry Nassar never exists. No, most of the stuff was already out there. Already publicly. So it's like, do you disagree with the way this was handled? Okay, maybe, but it has nothing to do with Larry Nassar. They never met Larry Nassar. And you can't say there's like – Michigan State has like 60,000 students and like 20,000 employees. So, like, if you live in a town of 80,000 people and someone over there does something – I mean, is it a culture? This guy – there was no culture with Larry Nassar. There was Larry Nassar, sne- masterful – Awful human being. Here's, here's my concern with this story. And when you bring in D'Antonio and Izzo or anything else, okay – even the way you paint this thing. The, the thing with Larry Nassar is when people look and go, oh, there's just a bunch of monsters at Michigan State or this president or this person's evil. Nobody, nobody, or almost nobody would sit there and say, you know, I'm, I'm the gymnastics coach. I know Larry Nassar's molesting girls for the last 20 years. I don't care. That person doesn't exist. And that theory exists in social media because we have to have a hero and a villain for almost any story good and right. evil like both yes dichotomies. and it's, it's not fair when you create that it absolves the rest of us and we say well i would never be that horrible person so now that, that person didn't exist either like she didn't you, exist that doesn't mean she's not cr- could be criminally culpable she could be kathy clegg's the gymnastics coach she could be i don't know we need a real investigation which we haven't gotten because uh, Michigan's so screwed up, we can't get an investigation. But when you do that, that's how Larry Nassar operates. And there's a hundred Larry Nassars out there, okay? And and because nobody confronted with the obvious black-white choice sits there and says, I don't care, just keep molesting kids. Same right. with, same with Jerry Sandusky. It's little mistakes. It's overlooking. It's not being sure. And so once we sit there and all of a sudden drag in football and basketball, it's a separate story. 
it, it allows Larry, the Larry Nassers of the world to work those little crevices and, and continue on. And the whole thing goes blown up because we just sit there and want to go, everybody in Michigan State's evil. If everyone's in Michigan State's evil, then me overlooking something or not being so sure doesn't seem like I did it because I'm not evil. And that's the problem. So the whole thing's really unfortunate because I could care less if I could care if Michigan State is a football or basketball program. I don't want 300 girls molested. Right. Okay. That's what I care about. You know, but, you know, well, this sexual assault, maybe he could have done this, or why didn't the cops pro- in, in 2003 with this incident? What, what does that got to do with Larry Nasser? Nothing. It is interesting, and you've seen the rise of social media in the way that you cover stories. And I, I kind of hit on it, but it does seem every year and every month even that we try to create these artificial dichotomies between hero and villain. Let me say this. Larry Nassar is beyond a shadow of a doubt a villain, right? He deserves all the the punishments that he deserves. (laughs) But just because that he's a villain doesn't mean that simultaneously we have to have heroes or there has to be a cabal of people that are allowing him to be a villain, right? A bad guy can just be bad without also being protected by other bad people. And it's like we don't want to acknowledge that it can just be one bad guy, right? The heroes in this story are the women who's finally stepped up and confronted him and and the prosecutors and everybody else who finally got justice here. That's a story. But we also don't then need to decide that Larry Nassar could exist only because people were protecting him. I think the scariest thing about this story is that Larry Nassar can exist without anybody else needing to protect him. Yeah, the the term enable becomes this thing, and it's like – Again, there were mistakes made, and some of these guys may be criminally culpable. I, I don't know yet, and I, I certainly suspect a couple of them could be. But if you're just just going with, you know, Twitter's just nonsense. I mean, I just don't even pay attention to it, but it's this. Do you this, read your mentions now at this point? Not really. You I mean, I, I've gotten increasingly to the point where I can't keep up with them either because it's just people arguing with each other, and it's like I, I, it's a yeah, not, I don't even get much hate. It's just sort of like they're misinformed or whatever like that. I, again, I don't want to. I'm not excusing anybody on this, but you don't have the facts aren't out there, and you have to be fair to people. And again, just the idea that like, okay, this okay, there's a woman that ran a 2014 Title IX investigation in Larry Nasser, and she cleared Larry Nasser. Okay. Yes. Do you think this woman wanted to get it wrong? Do you think she wanted to screw it up? Do you think she was like, I'm going to conduct an investigation, but I don't care if this guy's no. She tried. She screwed it up. Okay, but she I'm guessing she's not talking, obviously. Yes. She, the problem is, why is a Title IX office looking into this? That's the issue. But it's not this one. Oh, my God, she's evil. She's an enabler. She allowed this to go again. I don't know the woman, but I'm guessing that she did not sit there and go to law school and build her entire career. So one day she could say this guy's been molesting kids for two days. It, it simplifies it so much that the next Larry Nasser comes along. You don't see him. The way to catch these guys is the nuances of what they're doing. And all of us learning that everybody can make a small mistake and it leads into this tidal wave. Not one guy standing around going, I don't care. It was the same thing with Sandusky. I mean, I've been I covered that for years. I've been very critical. But, you know, there weren't the, the university president and the vice president and Joe Paterno weren't sitting around a table going, yeah, we don't care. Yeah, yes. let them molest those kids. That That isn't what happened. But when we think that... That's how it happens. I'm glad you mentioned that investigation of Title IX. I've been going off on Title IX yeah. for a couple of years now on this show, not because I don't think we should catch people who have behaved inappropriately, but because those, 
those investigations are oftentimes horribly flawed, like you mentioned. The standard of guilt or innocence there is a preponderance of the evidence, which is just a little bit more than 50%. And they conducted that investigation at Michigan State and cleared Larry Nasser. They're also not trained to handle it. Okay, it's, so it's, it, it, you should be doing chemistry, cheating on chemistry investigations, yeah. like frat party investigations. Yeah, is there a keg like in the dorm room? You simple, know, like normal. We have video of you carrying the keg in the dorm room. Okay. Otherwise, it should be serious criminal investigations. And this is one of my problems with, the, with, okay, you say Mark D'Antonio. He allows the police to handle the investigations, and they don't bring charges. Well, you're in trouble. Why didn't you, why don't you do your own investigation? No, you don't want them doing any investigation. Look, at, if there's a murder on campus, yes. no one says, like, get the Title IX office down here. They let the police, the homicide police. This they is don't, harder. You don't even say let the cops who are in charge of camp. You, if the you campus bring police, the state police yes, in. Yes. If the campus police had to solve a murder on campus, everybody would be like, well, that's never that, going to get solved. You know, like, there's a, a if murder there's, in the Mall of if America. If there's a kidnapping yeah. or a bank robbery, the last thing you want is a Michigan State campus cop or a – you know, a USC cop, anywhere in the country, right? Like right, any- they, they, Some might be good. Some might, no, you bring in the police. Sexual assault is harder to solve. It's the most difficult case to investigate. It's the most difficult. Because you, know, you begin, I've always said this, and, and I used to do uh, criminal law. Sexual assault is the only real crime that is very commonplace that you begin with the question of, did a crime actually take place? Right. If you find a dead body with a bullet in the head, Something went down. Right, it's right. either a suicide. You know, you know right. that someone My died. My TV is stolen. Yeah, not here. Something right. exists. Something, you know a robbery happens. You know a car gets stolen. You know if someone's been murdered. You start at a sexual assault investigation almost always with the guy saying, no, no, it was consensual, and the girl saying, no, no, it wasn't. That's the typical standard like, setup that you have to investigate. That's insanely difficult. And then you toss in a Title IX investigator, and it gets even more she was, difficult. She, was a, she had her background in labor law. Yeah, okay. and I've I mean, done it, these investigations, and they're hard to do, and they're insanely difficult. I've done sexual harassment investigations. I don't know if I got every one of them right, right? You sit across the table from somebody. We have this illusion because of law and order that it's easy to tell eventually whether somebody's lying or not. Oh, they'll break and admit it. Yeah, yeah all right, I did yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I can no. tell you. I sit across the table. I'm pretty good at interviewing people. I'm pretty good at asking the right questions. You're ultimately trying to assess somebody's truthfulness, a man and a woman in all those cases, and it's really damn hard. Larry Nasser was so masterful as a manipulator many of his victims didn't know that they were being they had been assaulted until they read everyone else's account and said oh my god he did that to me this guy was a master there's an arrogance about colleges and college athletics okay that it matters and we can handle things and they can't handle this if if a player is 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 suspected of a crime the coach should have nothing to do Amen. With that investigation, yes. no, nor would if you were accused of sexual assault, a regular student, no one says, well, what the psych- – he's a psychology major. Let's what bring the in the head of the department. Uh, no. Let him so decide. So stay that. away. Yes. Let the police handle it. Train the police on campus better. Why don't we do that? A Title IX officer cannot handle Larry Nasser. This guy is one of the one of the most – you know, I don't even want to say anything positive about him, but clearly, I mean, hundreds of girls were molested. The bigger, he was diabolical, diabolical in his ability to hide what he was doing from a great everybody. Word. He's a horrible person, but so you know, I just I don't like the I don't like the idea that everyone sat around. Oh, none of these people care. I just until you can prove to me that someone, if there's an email, then fine. But otherwise, it's like this is just not this is not how this works. That's not how humans act. Why would these people just cover up for him and enable him? They didn't. They, they messed up. How did he, they mess up so we can stop that because it's happening at another campus, another doctor's office, another 
Boy Scout troop, another church, another any. I mean, how do how do what am I doing right now that might be wrong that I'm over? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Not well. That's it. We gotta because we got, gotta fire got the daughters, football coach. You got Who daughters. Uh, I've got sons. I mean, I think a lot of people out there listening to us right now they make that decision. It's easy to say Michigan State is an aberration. What I've been saying on this show is, I think Michigan State. Let's leave aside Larry Nasser for a minute. The way that men's basketball and football sexual assault investigations have been handled on campus for years is flawed. Yes. And we need to reconcile that. Instead of looking at Michigan State and saying they're evil or they're awful or they were led by people who were making poor decisions all the time, it's more likely to say Michigan State is a symptom of a larger issue in this country than that they're the cause Let's see what they got. And then it's sitting there saying, well, we fired the football coach. That's good. I'm like, football doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters. 300 women got molested. Who cares if there's a football team? Yeah. Okay, but there's an arrogance in college and college. Like, like, well, that's important. The football team's important. So then the target. Again, is there criminal culpability? Yeah, there might be. Are there incredible flaws? Do people make mistakes they shouldn't have made? Yeah, pro- probably. We'll see. I don't know. We haven't had a good investigation. but I, So that's my problem with this thing. It's just sort of like, well, everyone in Michigan State, Tom Izzo is suddenly this terrible guy. Right. Uh, you know, maybe he made a wrong call somewhere, but he has nothing to do with Larry Nasser. I don't know. You know, is 16, is, is, is this many assaults too many? Is this not? Just too easy to paint. And that, that bothers me because this topic is so big. The crime is so big. It's so serious. It's so important. It does a complete disservice to it when we go this route. I appreciate the time. I appreciate the coverage. I would encourage all of you out there to follow Dan Wetzel on Twitter at Dan Wetzel, Yahoo Sports national columnist. Uh, Obviously, uh, I think the best national columnist in the country, and I appreciate him coming on the show as frequently as he does. On your way out, did we make a prediction on the Super Bowl yet? Obviously, much less serious than the Michigan State story, but we are here on radio. I really haven't, but I think the Eagles have a a shot. I mean, I'm worried about Nick Foles with two weeks of Bill Belichick planning. You and me both. But look, New England doesn't blow teams out. Like all and these, co- everyone's like they're unbeatable. Yeah, they're, oh, they're coming back from, like they just came back against Jacksonville. It's not like this is like they're a forty-nine-three. They're rolling in here, so I think it's gonna be a good game. Uh, I think Philly's got a great defense and all and all of that. And then I think you really need to take some leadership to get your employees to stay sober. <laughs> you're, you're driving these guys. I'm an to evil drink. guy. I don't. I, I, obviously, them. I am. Yeah, they are, I'm driving them slowly insane. <laughs> uh, thanks for the time, my man. That's Dan Wetzel. Go follow him on Twitter at Dan Wetzel. This is Outkick, the coverage on Fox Sports Radio. We're coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios, which this week are on the third floor of the Mall of America in Minneapolis for Super Bowl 52. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Joined now by Daryl Moose Johnson. Thanks for joining us early this morning, my man. My pleasure. How'd you get the spot right across from Shake Shack? Well done. I, I know. That's what he said. We've added a lot of uh, calories for sure this week, um, having to break down that. I want to start off with an interesting question for you. If your quarterback, Troy Aikman, had gotten to play in the modern rules of the NFL, mm. how many more years could he have extended his career 
because it seems like it's almost a totally different game when you consider how the quarterbacks are protected today. And obviously this ties in because Brady is 40 years old and still playing at a very high level. Very high level. Um, you know, some people say, you know, maybe the, the, the best of his career. And now you take all that knowledge that he's accumulated and, and the experience and what he's seen throughout his career. Um, you know, he's, he's unbelievable in the pocket. But I think that's a great point. Um, and a lot of guys, and we can take it back into Terry Bradshaw's era and the way the quarterbacks were hit. I mean, going all the way back to Al Davis, the quarterback must go down. He must go down hard. I mean, you were, you were emphasizing to your defense to take that guy out of the game. Uh, I think it's, it's good for the game. Um, because it it just it shifts, and we've seen it a number of times over the last couple of years when the starting quarterback goes out of the lineup, how much that shifts what's going to happen to a team. That's why I think it's impressive for Philadelphia with Carson Wentz going out late in the season and, and Nick Foles being able to pick them up. So I think when we compare different eras, I think that that's definitely one of the things that you have to take a look at. You know, the modern-day quarterback and the way he's protected against guys that played in the 70s, 80s, uh, and even like Troy in the 90s. Um, and now, the concussion situation wasn't what ended Troy's career, um, but there were some tremendous hits. I remember one from uh, from Wilbur Marshall out in Arizona that, 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 to this day, in my opinion, is the worst hit. Not only I saw Troy take, but one of the worst hits I've ever seen a quarterback take. What happened in that particular hit? That was a rollout to his left, you know, squares his shoulders to make the throw, makes the throw, and Wilbur comes in and, and drives his helmet through his chest and then up underneath right. the chin. I mean, split his chin wide open. He's in the huddle with stitches and bleeding. And I mean, the guy's a warrior, and he just kept playing. But those were the types of hits that you, you got exposed to back when Troy was playing. When you look at this game, Eagles going up against Patriots, you talked about the importance and knowledge that comes from somebody being around for a long time that Brady has. Do you like the Eagles' chances in this game, or do you think the Patriots' experience and Belichick with two weeks to get ready for Nick Foles, all of those things will roll in together and make the Patriots kind of insurmountable? I don't. I don't. I, I like the matchups that Philadelphia poses against New England. And, and really, if, if we do talk about Bill Belichick and, and what he likes to do to take away the strength of that team, what does he consider the strength uh, of the Philadelphia Eagles? This is the run game. You know, we, We're hearing a lot of discussion about this, this run-pass option that they use. It's very difficult to take away the run-pass option because they come to the line of scrimmage with an open play, and the way you choose to defend, they're going to go opposite of that to try and create the advantage uh, at the line of scrimmage. So I think that that's a very difficult thing to defend. I, I like the three tight end formation grouping that Philadelphia can roll out uh, with Ertz, Selleck, um, and Trey Burton. Um, I like the physical running game that they have. Uh, I'm, I'm impressed by what New England did. I mean, four weeks into the season, they're sitting at 2-2. Two and two. They've given up the highest quarterback rating, the most touchdown passes, the second most yards per carry. I mean, they're in a tailspin at 2-2. Two and two. They've been able to right this ship and be able to play good football, you know, the rest of the season. So I, I've been impressed what they do. But for me, for Philadelphia, it's not really – it's not the matchups. It's not, you know, these – we're going to really kind of put the microscope on this game and really try to pick it apart. For me, when you play New England, you have to understand that you have to play 60 minutes and you have to play it virtually air-free, or they will beat you. We saw it last year in the Super Bowl. We saw it two weeks ago uh, in the AFC Championship game coming back from a 10-point fourth quarter deficit. You have got to finish the game against them, and you can't have mistakes. Something as simple as that delay game penalty that Jacksonville had at the end of the first half. Out of a timeout. Out of a timeout. It should be at least 14-3 at halftime. Maybe 17-3, maybe 21-3, because they convert on that play. And, and that just shows you the margin of error against New England. They're going to make you pay when you make a mistake. And Jacksonville makes a mistake. They punt it down. It's 14-10 and a half. It's a completely different game coming out in the second half. And Jacksonville did a good job of trying to pull back some of that momentum that New England created. But you have to understand, 
New England is probably the best in the NFL at not beating themselves. I don't think I've seen a team in the league this year that's, and really, you know, through Tom's tenure with, with Coach Belichick, that doesn't beat themselves. They're going to make you beat them. We have, obviously, a lot of uh, uncertainty at the quarterback position, as we do every year, if you're not really lucky to have a Brady-type guy. A lot of top quarterbacks coming out in the draft, but big news in the last couple of days, Alex Smith going to the Washington Redskins. Now, potentially, Kirk Cousins going to be a free agent. If Kirk Cousins came to you and said, what teams out there make sense or where would you be interested in going, where would be the best location in your mind for Kirk Cousins to end up? I think the big thing, and, and when you saw Kurt play well, Kirk play well, he had, uh, he had a lot of good guys around him. He doesn't need to have good guys around him. I think that's one of the things that he kind of proved to Washington, and, and I was surprised to see the decision that they made. Um, so for, for Kirk to be able to get somewhere where he's got some weapons around him, has a good defense, good running game, uh, I think that that would be an ideal spot for him. Obviously, it, it, it sounds like Denver has not figured out their quarterback's spot. Is, is that a viable option? Good running game there. Uh, great defense on the other side of the ball. Uh, maybe a team that's a quarterback away from being competitive in the AFC. Um, you know, there, there's, there's a number of teams. Is, is Jacksonville sold on Bortles? Did, did Blake play well enough yeah. you know, down the stretch to really say, we're going to give you another shot here? Or do you think that you're that team that's just a quarterback away with consistent play from really challenging New England you know, for dominance in the AFC? Uh, you know, there, there's a handful of teams out there. And I think wherever Kirk goes... You know, we did their games a couple of years ago. We did probably six of their last seven or last eight games, and we watched him through that whole process kind of just grow. Uh, you know, the, the, how do you like that? Yeah. Yeah, you like me now? What are yeah. the quote coming to the locker room? You know, we, we had that game, and it was fun to see him gain that confidence, and, and I really haven't seen it lost. And when you play Washington, you better be ready to put some points up. Kirk's going to put some points on the board, and he's going to challenge you. So if your offense has a slow day, it's going to be tough. We're talking to uh, Fox analyst Daryl Moose Johnston. He's uh, obviously, you covered a lot of these games. You've been to a lot of uh, these different cities to, to, to watch guys play. Um, when you look at, uh, you win three Super Bowls, right? Yes. Brady potentially could win six, and they've been <laughs> to eight. Yeah. I feel like football guys appreciate it even more because you know how difficult it is just to get to the Super Bowl. So, big debate we've had all week, and it's been a discussion point, I think, for a lot of sports fans. I'm sure you also watched Jordan back in the day. Mm-hmm. Jordan wins six out of eight. If Brady wins his sixth, which is more impressive to you, Brady winning six Super Bowls or Jordan's level of dominance in the NBA? I think Tom's accomplishment in the NFL, because the NFL is the ultimate team sport, um, you know, that was a great team that, that Michael Jordan was a part of in Chicago. Um, but he was the dominant player at the time. You know, he was the high-tide player. You know, he could lift everybody else's play. Uh, but I always look at baseball, basketball, hockey, the other major sports in North America, and, and to me they're a little bit different than football. Because in football, as an offense, we're turning the game over to you as a defense. We're turning the game over to a mix of guys on special teams. We're not out there on the court all the time. We're not out on the ice all the time. We're not out uh, you know, on the baseball field all the time. If you've had a great dominant pitcher in baseball, he can really kind of tip your team. Um, so that's why I think that when, when we talk about football you know, and we talk about great teams, it's a little bit different than the other three major sports in North America. So what Tom has done um, as a quarterback, with with him being the only constant and everything changing around him, whether it was you know Corey Dillon and a big defense back in the day as he was starting to learn to become the player that he was going to become, uh, then the Randy Moss, the Wes Welkers, all the different you know the Aaron Hernandez, Rob Gronkowski combination, they've done it a number of different ways. The one constant has been Tom Brady, so I, I think that that's uh, that, that's the big thing about him. Last question for you, and then I'll let you tell me why you're here uh, to visit with us here on Super Bowl Radio Row. We're talking to Daryl Moose Johnston. Fullback has slowly kind of been taken out of football many types of uh, offenses. But 
now you're starting to see sort of an ascendance of the running back and fullback position again, right? When you look at what Ezekiel Elliott has done, when you look at what Leonard Fournette has done, when you look at how quickly the talent at the running back position has flipped things in this league. This year, Saquon Barkley potentially top three picks somewhere Mm -hmm. along that line. Is football evolving again to go back to what's old is new and some of the same success that, that teams have had in the past with obviously you leading the way for Emmett Smith all those years? It seems like that's kind of trending back up now. I think there's always an ebb and a flow. It's always been a little bit cyclical. Um, so what happened in the late 90s with the greatest show on turf and their ability to create matchup problems with the third and fourth receiver against defenses, uh, the, the player that, that was lost in that transition was the fullback. You have to take people off the field when you're going to add receivers to create the matchups. That became something that a lot of people wanted to do. They were trying to drive that matchup down into the secondary of your opponent and create the mismatch in the passing game. You know, recently, over the last three or four years, we've seen an emphasis on the interior line play, offensive and defensive lines. Uh, you know, teams kind of committing right there to make sure that they're strong uh, in the trenches. And what comes out of that is a running game. And, and you saw Dallas do it. You saw Tennessee do it. You saw Oakland do it a couple of years ago. Uh, their their, myth, their, their uh, style of play is control the clock, keep the defense, you know, off the field, do it with a running game. Um, it, it's, it's fun to watch because, you know, the big talk is the explosive play down the field. It's hard to drive the ball 8, 10, 12 plays. Well, that style, you know, you kind of have to do that. The way you get around that is to have the home run hitter like Ezekiel Elliott where the explosive play comes in the running game. It's a 55-yard screen. It's a, it's a 45-yard run. Uh, so they're finding those types of athletes that you can go back into that old-school style of three yards and a cloud of dust. But now it's not three yards and a cloud of dust because we've got these unique guys coming out that can go 60 yards on every play. And, and that's what really hurt Dallas this year. Alfred Morris is a really good backup, uh, but Alfred did not have the breakaway ability that Ezekiel had. So uh, I, I think we're starting to see it come back. And the other one is, is the Alvin Kamara, Corey Clement. Uh, Corey Grant, that type of player, that that secondary back that comes in and he's explosive in the passing game, screen game, some of the unique things that they're doing in the running game now. Daryl Moose Johnston, you are here with a important company, Liberty Tax, right now, especially because the tax cuts are starting to roll out. I noticed yeah. in my paycheck I got a little bit more money than I did the month before. So what can you tell us about what you're doing? Yeah, we came out with uh, Liberty Tax shortly after Thanksgiving trying to get everybody to really start their game planning early, and we're kind of circling back right now during Super Bowl because we're right in the middle of tax season. I uh, want to make sure that everybody's ahead of this, has a plan, uh, because as you pointed out, we've had some changes to the tax code. More of them will hit next year, but this is not going to be as simple as everybody thought it was going to be coming into it uh, when the administration talked about that so you still need to have people like liberty tax to help you with your taxes and to incentivize that uh they've got a a really neat campaign going on right now um where uh you know it's it's double or something so if you uh if you file your taxes with liberty tax and then you use the hashtag liberty tax double and and tell us how you would spend your refund if we doubled it if liberty tax doubles it up to twenty five hundred dollars or if we actually, you know, give you $2,500, up to $2,500 to pay the taxes you owe, how you would spend that money. Uh, we're going to pick two winners out of that category. Uh, and uh, the other thing is, is this will trigger a donation to the USO. So we're also going to contribute some money to the USO as well. So we're just, you know, we're trying to get people incentivized to start doing their taxes early, stay ahead of the curve, uh, and having a little bit of fun with it right now. And uh, we'll see what the hashtags bring back. We'll see how people would spend the new money that they get. Awesome. Appreciate the time, my man. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Clay. That's Daryl Moose Johnston. Let me bring in uh, Eddie Garcia, find out what's trending in the world of sports. Well, Clay, in the NBA, we had the Trailblazers beating the Bulls 124-108. to Portland's CJ McCollum only played three quarters, but he still had 50 points. He's a sixth player this season in the NBA to have 50 points or more in a game. Celtics without 
Their uh, star player, Kyrie Irving, who was out due to injury, still crushed the Knicks 103-73. Terry Rozier started in place of Irving at a triple-double, 17 points, 11 rebounds, and 10 assists for the top team in the Eastern Conference. Cavaliers hold off the heat for a 91-89 victory. It's just the fourth win in the last 11 games for Cleveland. College basketball, eight ranked teams were in action, including three of the top five teams. Number two, Virginia. Number three, Purdue. Number five, Michigan State. All posted wins. Only ranked team to lose is number 15, West Virginia, who fell at Iowa State 93-77. This report's brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And Clay, a guy that a lot of people are intrigued by, former Heisman winner Johnny Manziel, did not come to an agreement with the Hamilton Tiger Cats the Canadian Football League, despite a self-imposed deadline of January 31st to come to a deal, Tiger Cats issued a statement saying that there are still future negotiations uh, possible. Uh, his agent, Eric Burkhart, Manziel's agent, said that we will turn our focus to several other professional options readily available to us, end quote. Good stuff. Final segment, hour two, live from Radio Row. Up next, Fox Sports Radio. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience as well. What if you could get up to $1,000 in as little as 48 hours with TaxSlayer? Well, you can. Introducing Refund Now only from TaxSlayer. E-file your taxes, get up to $1,000 in as little as 48 hours with no upfront fees. Visit TaxSlayer.com for details. That's TaxSlayer.com. Boys, cue it up. I got a couple Animal Thunderdome stories for you. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys and girls. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. I have a bullet from strict respect to my face. And you have a what? This is Animal Thunderdome. I couldn't believe this story when I was reading it. They have found orange crocodiles that live in a cave in Africa. A group of mysterious orange cave crocodiles who live in complete darkness in Africa may be mutating into a new species. They discovered the orange crocodiles, and there's a picture of them, in a remote cave in Gabon? Gabon? How do you pronounce that? I'd say it's Gabon, and it was actually nine years ago that they found them back in 2008. We're just hearing about these orange crocodiles now. Which feels like a bad move on science's part. No, no telling what else may be associated with them. This is kind of like this seems like it would be a Pixar movie. Uh, they suspect more crocodiles remain hidden. They found ten orange crocodiles. Uh, genetic tests show the isolated group has branched off potentially from their African dwarf crocodile, uh, and they have mutated. And they said they found them in a cave in a remote region of Abanda in Gabon. I've probably murdered both of those names uh, while looking for other species. They found this. When they get too big, they can't leave the cave. So it says younger members of the group can leave the cave through a number of small openings. But once the reptiles grow to a certain size, they become trapped in the cave's rooms and must feed on whatever they can to survive. And they feed on grasshoppers and bats orange crocodile again in the country of gabon or or wherever you pronounce it 
And this is just crazy to me. It also sounds like a Pixar movie. Couldn't you see this being a Pixar movie about when the crocodile gets too big, it can no longer go outside? It's kind of sad, right? Yeah, it is sad. Now, here's why they turn orange, and this is a great story for you on a Thursday morning. The cave-dwelling reptiles changing color as they get older by the presence of the bat excrement, or guano, in the water in which they live. So the water is infested with bat feces, basically, and that turns them to an orange sheen, which they basically compare to a tanning of these older crocodiles. So if you see an older crocodile and it's orange, assume it has wisdom and ask for its information. That's how you do the Pixar movie. It can't leave, but it becomes like a source of wisdom for all the people in the community. I think it's a brilliant idea for a Pixar movie. All right, you got another story about a dog getting uh, insurance benefits. Yeah, what's going on in in Laura's home state of Michigan My wife, yes. Uh, In a mix-up at the Michigan Unemployment Office, a dog was approved for unemployment benefits. Attorney Michael Haddock tells WZZM-TV he received a notice from the Michigan Unemployment Insurance Agency in the mail saying, quote, Michael Ryder, unquote, will receive $360 a week. Problem is there's nobody named Michael Ryder at Haddock's address. Ryder is the name of Haddock's German Shepherd, and Michael is his first name. So the notice was for his dog. Unfortunately for the dog, not going to get a chance to cash those checks as he actually reported the mix-up because it could be fraud or a false claim if anything happens. So man's best friend is still not going to be contributing to the household in terms of the finances. But that's a good one right there. German Shepherd getting 360 bucks a week. That's not a bad gig. It's a good gig for the German Shepherd. All right, final hour, Thursday edition. Outkick the coverage. We're live from the Mall of America third floor food court. A lot of activity picking up. By the way, Got to give props to all the OutKick uh, nation out there. The number of you who have stopped by to say hi has been awesome. It's been great to see everybody come by here in person. You can still do that tomorrow, and certainly you can still do it for the final hour of today. And uh, we look forward to uh, to hanging out with you. Next hour, we're going to be joined by our guy Jeff Schwartz. He's coming up on Radio Row here momentarily. Should be here any minute. Also, uh, want to tell you, there's LeBron rumors out there. We haven't spent much time on it, but we'll address what the latest LeBron rumor is. It may be the most absurd of all. Uh, we will discuss it, though, with you because LeBron rumors are never not news, which means they are always news. We'll talk about that with you next, live from the Mall of America here. Super Bowl 52, Jeff Schwartz with this next LeBron news. It's Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. We're coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. As well, Super Bowl week brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee Company. They're veteran-owned, veteran-roasted. Visit blackriflecoffee.com today and use the code FOXSPORTS20. That's FOXSPORTS20 for 20% off your first order. Final uh, Final hour of Thursday's edition. We are live, Mall of America, third floor in the food court. You're welcome to come by. It's been really cool to see the number of people who listen to OutKick uh, up here in Minneapolis that have come by to say hi, particularly given how early we are on and uh, and how complicated that, uh, that can sometimes be for people to start off their day by coming by the Mall of America. But it's been impressive. So thanks to all of you who have started off your day by swinging by and saying hi to us. I teased it as we went to uh, as we went to break, so I'm going to mention it. We haven't spent a lot of time on it today, uh, but there is a report out there, and I think it's kind of a BS report, honestly. Um, but it's a report anyway, and some people are talking about it and tweeting about it that LeBron James would consider talking to the Golden State Warriors 
if they were interested in talking to him as he becomes a free agent next year. I, I don't know what the point of that is at all, except that would be an unbelievable title grab by LeBron James if he were willing or able to do that. That's a front-page story right now at ESPN.com. The headline is, uh, or was early this morning, LeBron open to free agent talks with the Warriors. What's interesting is the article ends by saying Golden State has uh, no interest right now in potentially even talking to LeBron, which is pretty great. But what they are saying here uh, is that that basically, and this is how the story begins, out of respect for the Warriors' winning culture, James would listen if Golden State explored ways to clear the necessary cap space, sources said. This is the problem with the NBA in general, and this is why typically during football season we spend most of our time talking about football. If LeBron James went to the Golden State Warriors, the NBA regular season would become even more ridiculous than it already is. And by the way, the Warriors don't need LeBron James. They're going to win the title running away, assuming they don't have any multiple probably significant injuries. Jason Martin, is this pretty ridiculous to you that this is a story? I mean, I, I understand like LeBron's camp wanting to put it out there, and I understand LeBron even desperately chasing a title because I think he's aware now he's turned, what, 33? He'll turn 34 next year. Maybe this is how LeBron James's career is going to end with him just chasing titles aggressively. But this would require a lot of movement. The, Roar- the Warriors would have to, I think, get rid of – uh, Clay Thompson and Andre Iguodala. Yep. Like, I mean, there's a lot of movement that would have to happen to get them underneath the uh, the cap. Yeah, the, the problem I have with this story is the first three paragraphs, I'll just read them to you because they're very short. If the Golden State Warriors can create a max salary slot this offseason, the defending NBA champions could position themselves to secure a meeting with LeBron James. There is no indication that Golden State is evaluating <laughs> such options to acquire the Cavaliers star at this time. And then the out of respect for the Warriors winning culture, James would listen if Golden State explored ways to clear the necessary cap space. So what exactly is the story here? There's not one. And then when I look at the Warriors, this may sound really weird. If I'm the Warriors, I don't want LeBron James because I don't want anybody else to say we're stacking the deck. And if I'm the NBA, I definitely don't want this to happen because if this happens – you officially have absolutely no reason to watch the NBA at all outside of the Warriors. You still have a little bit of reason because LeBron is somewhere else and some of these other teams. If you take LeBron and put him with Kevin Durant and they've still got Steph Curry on that team, I don't care if you lose Clay or Andre Iguodala or whatever else that you have to free up. If you've got those guys, what is the purpose at all in watching the NBA until the finals? And even then, you could just go ahead and pencil in the Warriors are going to win. You don't need to watch it because you've already seen this movie before. It's called an all-star game. It is kind of crazy that I think this is the biggest battle that the NBA has in general is that if you ended up with this situation, I've always said, like, I, I pay attention to the NBA really when you actually get to probably the second round of the playoffs, although I watch the first round of the playoffs, and the regular season doesn't matter. And that's not just an indictment on the NBA. I understand if you want to go watch a regular season game or you're bored at home and there's a game on and you watch your local team. But I feel the same way about the NHL and the Major League Baseball regular season that in this current environment we're in, where there are so many entertainment options, I think back to potentially, for instance, when I was a kid and how much I would like to watch WGN and the Cubs or how much I would watch the Atlanta Braves on TBS, a superstation. You watched a lot more of these events because there weren't as many good options. Like, are you going to watch the Brady Bunch or are you going to watch – the uh, Chicago Cubs. Like, those were the kind of decisions I had to make. 
nowadays, I think regular season basketball, I think regular season hockey, and I think regular season, certainly Major League Baseball, are incredibly difficult to justify in terms of paying substantial attention to them. I just think it's, it's absurd. Guys in L.A., what do you guys think about this? When you saw this story, and Jason Martin just basically <laughs> destroyed it by reading the first three paragraphs, it's almost totally made up. Did you guys roll your eyes too? Yeah. I, I kind of laughed when I read it because there were a lot of maybes and uh, <laughs> just the way it was written. It reeks as ESPN trying to throw something against the wall to create some traction for a big headline. Um, it also it, it me- didn't come from Woj. And, and yeah, and Clay, the other thing is, we already know where LeBron is going to go. Hashtag future Laker. <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, the Lakers, the Clippers, L.A. I mean, I, it's clearly that it's com- clear to me that it's coming from LeBron James's camp. And so I just think it's, it's utterly insane. But it's the lead story, and a lot of people are going to pay attention to it. And certainly there are going to be months of attention. This is going to be the decision part three that will go into where LeBron James is going to play next. And we'll have months to discuss it on this show. And there will be months for sports media to discuss it and for fans to discuss it and everybody else out there. I don't think now necessarily is the time to start talking about where LeBron is going to play. But I think it probably speaks to how little drama there is in the NBA regular season that potentially that is a lead story that everybody is paying attention to. All right. We are live on Radio Row. We are live here on the third floor of the Mall of America near the food court, in the food court, basically. We're going to be joined by Jeff Schwartz next segment, former NFL offensive lineman. If you listen to this show, you know he usually joins us every Wednesday in hour two. He's here live with us, going to join us for much of the rest of hour three to break down the Super Bowl, break down all these decisions. Where does he think Kirk Cousins should go? What does he think about the decision to trade for Alex Smith? All of those topics and more, much to discuss with Jeff Schwartz. We'll dive right into it with him when we come back from this break. But first, I want to tell you, who's your Valentine and what do you love most about them? Why do you want to make a big impression? It's not very far until Valentine's Day now. In fact, we are now into the month of February. Red alert, red alert, 13 days until Valentine's. You need to make sure that you make the right decision when it comes to the gift. This is when relationships go on steroids and I can offer you right now an exclusive Valentine's Day bouquet from Pro Flowers. It's the perfect way to make a big impression. Pro Flowers thought inside the box so you can too. Your flowers are boxed fresh and delivered fast so they will last surprisingly longer. Seven days at least. Choose a delivery date and it's guaranteed making you look good. Right now my listeners can send a bouquet to their Valentine and save 20% 20% off of their purchase of $29 or more. I love Pro Flowers. You will too. You can choose to go classic with two dozen roses or choose from an assortment of flowers, plants, and even gourmet treats to make a big impression. Pro Flowers bouquets and plants guaranteed to be delivered fresh and stay fresh for seven days. To get 20% off your purchase of $29 or more, go to proflowers.com today and use my code OUTKICK in the special codes box at checkout. That's proflowers.com and the code OUTKICK. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Joined now by Jeff Schwartz, former eight-year NFL offensive lineman. He's here with us live on Radio Row. And uh, let's start right here. Who you got? 
Who do you think <laughs> is going to win that game? When you walk into Radio Row, there's a there's a big thing that has a, a picture of Nick Foles and Tom Brady. I think yes. that's your answer, right? Like, yeah, like, right. It's hard like, to bet against Tom and, Brady, and, right? And that's even even last week. I know everyone's well, Blake Bortles and Jacksonville. And yes, they played well for a certain period of time, and then Tom Brady took over. I, I think we all and this is a weird feeling when when they scored to go uh, when Amendola scored the first of, of two to make it twenty touchdown, to seventeen. We all thought well, Tom Brady's going to win. Like we all thought that, and so. For the Eagles to win this game, I don't think they win a close game. If they win, they win uh, by ten points or fourteen points. They put so, it, a, put them yes, away. They, they, that's the only way to win this game. And I, I'll say this: if they get up big, Doug Peterson has not shown that he will be conservative. You know, they they went flea flicker up seventeen at home against the Vikings. Like, they didn't have to run that play, but they did anyways. You've been breaking down X's and O's for a while for SB Nation and other sites. Is it just me, or has the flea flicker come back? <laughs> it seems like everybody's running the flea flicker now. Like, I saw it, Alabama ran it a couple of times, yeah. I think, in the playoff, even in college, and now you're seeing a lot of teams in the NFL do it. Why is the flea flicker suddenly <laughs> back? Um, well, I think New England ran it against Jacksonville. They ran two trick plays, yes. two possessions in a row, because they didn't have any offense. I think it's a, it's a way to generate um, offense – I think in the, in the NFL is a copycat league. So if one team does it well, and the it next team's going to do it. And the next team's going to do it. I mean, you, you saw week one, uh, the Chiefs run that college thing they were doing, right? It wasn't quite a college read offense. And then for four weeks in a row, all these teams ran the exact same plays. The Rams scored against Dallas on a play that the Chiefs ran in week one against the Patriots. Like, everyone steals plays. Every four weeks or so is a cycle in the NFL. That's typically about kind of when things reboot themselves. So you'll see it for four weeks. You won't see it for four weeks. See it for four weeks. And look, if you run the ball well, which New England had done, which Philly has done, a flea flicker is a good way to get yourself a big play deep. So you have got uh, a brother who plays on the Kansas yeah. City Chiefs. Alex Smith gets traded um, Tuesday night. Pretty big news for Super Bowl week. Goes to the Redskins. Is going to make a lot of money based on the contract, although, you know, guaranteed money and everything yeah. else. You never know exactly because until you read the contract yourself. But it appears a really big deal for Alex Smith. What was your brother's reaction, and how surprised were you that this deal happened when it did? Well, I called him, and he didn't answer me, so I don't know what his reaction is. Um, he was, he's in L.A. He's having fun. Um, I think he was surprised at the timing. I think we all were surprised yep. at the timing. I don't think he was surprised that Alex is gone. Um, that's, not, that's not the surprising part. It's that it went to Washington, which I don't think anyone pictured as where he would go, right? Browns, Jaguars, Cardinals. I don't think he would have traded the Broncos. The timing was odd, and it's even, diff- it's even weirder being here because Cousins – and Smith were both here Tuesday, the only two quarterbacks at Radio Row. They were on this set, Fox yeah. Sports Radio set, at the same time yeah. just on Tuesday. And, and so it's it's pretty – and I wonder if there's a conspiracy where they kind of knew – not conspiracy, it's too, but like they knew they were going to kind of go down this week, so they all came early in the week to get the interviews out. Because imagine that happening Tuesday and then Wednesday they're here at Radio Row. It's a complete they disaster. Can, they would have canceled They would have canceled it. everything. And now, Kirk Cousins was here yesterday. I don't know how much he did at Radio Row, but he was downstairs. Uh, people t- took pictures with him. Um, it, it, the trade makes sense for the Chiefs 100%. They, they, they have Pat Mahomes there, and you need a couple years to develop these quarterbacks because you have to pick up their, their fifth-year option after year three. So if you only have them playing year three, then you don't really know if he's your guy. And they get a starting corner in, in return. I saw the Browns offered a second-round pick. That's not enough. They got a starting corner, which is huge for them in their defense. And Washington just basically traded out Cousins for a more efficient Kirk Cousins. So when you look at this now for Cousins – if you were advising him on where to go, first, do you think he'll become the highest-paid quarterback ever? Secondly, where would you advise him to go? Uh, yes, I will. They're going to pay. Jimmy G will get paid before. I would say that this. There will be a $30 million a year quarterback. Say, yes. If, if, 
the, whoever gets paid last out of Jimmy G and Kirk Cousins, and even Aaron Rodgers is probably due for an extension pretty soon too. Uh, now, I can see Rodgers becoming the highest paid after Cousins gets paid and after Jimmy G gets paid, then he just gets done at some It's point. a new cycle. Yeah. And for people out there who say, oh, he's not the best quarterback Doesn't in the matter. league, it's about when your contract comes yes. up as opposed to whether you're the best in the league. Because everybody's reacted when Matthew Stafford became the highest paid. Uh, I can't even remember every, you know, somebody who's a top 10 caliber quarterback, everybody overreacts and says, my God, Matthew Stafford's not the best quarterback in the league. Well, no, but he's the best quarterback in the league with his contract coming open at that time. In Alex's new deal, guess where that ranks him as far as quarterback salary? Um, I would guess probably like fifth or sixth. Yeah, five. Yeah, yeah like he's not the fifth best quarterback. Right. So you pay Cousins. So there's, there's a lot of teams with money that can pay him. The Browns can pay him. They have $100 million in cap space. Jets have $75 million. The Vikings have $53 million in cap space. That'd be an awesome fit for him. He's better than, than, than Keenum is, better than Bradford, better than Bridgewater. Um, and he, he doesn't have to do too much. He's here. got great receivers he's to always, throw to. He's always had a bottom third defense. He comes here, has a top two defense, Thielen, Kyle Rudolph, Diggs, uh, Cordell Patterson is here too. Doing, you know, he's actually he's down in Oakland. Never mind. Um, you know, but they, you got they, Thielen and you got yeah, Diggs. Yeah, That's you, a pretty big and, deal. And you have you have you, and you have uh, uh, Dalvin Cook coming back. You have a good offensive line, a great defense. I think this would be a great fit. Jacksonville is a great fit, but the Bortles is an interesting situation because he has the wrist surgery. So do they have to pay him nineteen million now? If they do, he's probably not there. That's where, I think I think that that Jacksonville and uh, and Minnesota are the best fits for him if he were to do that. Jacksonville would have to get rid of Blake Bortles, almost like we saw what the Texans do with Brock Osweiler, where you're almost like suing for somebody else to take him because it would be hard to pay Kirk Cousins and have to pay Bortles $19 million. Right. The, the, the option I think that Jacksonville has, and so the wrist surgery is interesting. So he has injury guarantee for this year. So if he's injured, they have to pay him his money. So if Jacksonville said to him, we don't think you're injured enough to get surgery, and he did surgery on his own, then that could be a grievance uh, between the two. I think what they end up doing is saying, look, we'll sign you to a two-year, $20 million deal, and we'll guarantee you 10 in the first year. So you get guaranteed no matter what, $10 million in that, in that in the year one. We won't cut you. We won't take you to court, whatever. They don't have court, but we won't file a grievance. We won't argue about this. You get $10 million guaranteed. We'll bring another quarterback, and you basically just get to sit here for $10 million and then figure things out in 2019. I think that would be a perfect deal for both sides. So if that happens – you th- so if you were if you were betting, where do you think Kirk Cousins goes right now? By the way, uh, the favorite according to Odd Shark, and I was surprised by this, although you talked about it, is the Jets. The Jets are the number yeah. one most All likely right. team according to Odd Shark. When you look at, they have the the odds of, of everybody being signed where Kirk Cousins could go. They're it's weird to say this. They're more stable than the Browns, which is odd to say. I mean, I, but the Browns are actually more talented than the Jets are. You know, Josh McCown was not the the problem for the Jets last year. The quarterback was not the issue. So it wouldn't surprise me. Jeremy Bates is their OC. He's young, up and coming. I could see Cousins going there. It's the New York market, which is a great market for exposure. You know, I think he's a bright, intelligent guy. He probably wants to go to New York, and he could be, you know, the marketing level he could have in New York versus Cleveland is much, much different. And that does play a factor. Like I had a choice to go to the Giants or the St. Louis Rams. I mean, like, there's a big – playing in New York is a big deal. So you could do New York. And then, you know, the Browns have the most money. The Browns could say, look, here's – they have $100 million in cap space. They could front-load his contract and say, look, we'll give you $70 million the first two years. Um, you say no to that? Instead of, instead of making you know, maybe like $60 million, I don't, it just depends on where you, how much money you want versus the situation you want to be in. What about the Broncos? We haven't talked much yeah, about I, them. They're actually the second favorite to land Kirk Cousins at plus 175, according to Odd Shark. I think the Broncos are, on, are going down, though. I think the Jets are going up. 
I think that out of all these teams, the Browns are going the highest. They, if they had a quarterback last year, they would have won six games. Like, they were close in a lot of games. Um, the Browns, I think, are going up with they have the, the first. You could end up, theoretically, if you're the Browns, with Cousins in the free agency, draft Saquon Barkley at one, and what about um, the linebacker from Georgia? Like, uh, Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith. Like, that would be an amazing offseason. Yes. Or, or you draft an offensive lineman, the Quinn Nelson kid at four. Like, you, have, or you trade back to, to eight and still get Roquan Smith and someone else in the first round. Like, you have so many options. If you're the Browns, that's why I think the Browns, just if you were a business guy, Kirk Cousins, I know he's going to look at it this way, in three years, would you rather be on the Jets or the Browns? It's weird to say you'd rather be on the, uh, on the Browns, especially the Broncos. The Broncos have an old defense. They might get rid of, of Tlaib. Uh, you know, Von Miller is still a great player, still playing well, but they're getting older, and they have not as good as offensive line as the Browns do. They don't run the ball. Like I just, would, I think Browns is a great fit. We're talking to Jeff Schwartz. You can go follow him on Twitter at G E O F F C H W A R T Z. Man, that's hard to spell. Um, it's uh, it's tough. It's tough to pull it's off. Early morning, I guess. I know. Uh, you can go follow him on Twitter. There. What about uh, you? Just mentioned the Browns. If you were drafting right now, there are potentially six guys who could go in the first round yes. as quarterbacks this year. I think the by far the most reliable guy is Saquon Barkley in that you do, a lot of the quarterbacks will be busts. They won't be very right. good. I, six of them, I would expect two to be stars, two to be average, two to be busts. That's, that's a fair approximation. So if you're the Browns, don't you have to go as aggressively as you possibly can after Kirk Cousins as opposed to signing all these other guys? Like To me, Cousins is a savior for the Browns because the draft you just ran through – is a home run draft. And if you get Cousins, then either you can trade out of the number one pick and right. get somebody else if they love a quarterback, they're fighting as hard as they can to get up to you, or you just say, screw it, I'm going to take Saquon Barkley. And that's a pretty good-looking team then right. all of a sudden. you got Kirk Cousins being able to hand off to, uh, to Barkley. Barkley. With Joe Thomas back a left tackle, you sign an offensive line. Uh, you know, this, and frankly, this, Josh Gordon coming back from his oh, is, and playing oh, yeah. pretty well. Yes, if he's um, hel- and, I mean, if he can stay off off of uh, drugs and, and not get suspended, and the young, he's a hell of a player. The young tight end from Miami last year who, yes. who they drafted. Okay, this comes down to obviously John Dorsey, the gym. He's got to watch these college kids. I think all of them have a wart. They have one thing. You know, to me, like Josh, who do you like the best? Josh right now? Rosen's the most ready. I think he makes the most pro throws. But when you watch UCLA play. Um, he's an all-or-nothing quarterback. He doesn't really check down ever, doesn't take an intermediate pass, but he can throw the ball deep spectacularly. So you have to tell him, like, it's okay in the NFL to take a check down. Darnold turns the ball over too much. I think people are going to be worried about his, un- his, his unorthodox delivery. It's kind of awkward, almost like Philip Rivers, really awkward. He can do it, but I think people yeah. will be worried about that. Josh Allen can't complete passes, which is a huge problem at Wyoming. Don't tell me that. They- if you're, it's hard, you can't make in general. This reminds me of Jake Locker. That's my comp for Josh Allen. So everybody out there is like, oh, Jake Locker, he had you know poor completion percentage. Well, percentage. You, you can oh, fix yeah. that. And they're like, oh, we went and looked at it. It's not so bad. And then when he got to the NFL, he was inaccurate. And it seems to me the one thing you can't fix is accuracy. Correct. I looked this up. So, and, and you're free, feel, you know, if you find someone else, feel free to tweet me about it at Jeff Schwartz. If you look at, at the last year someone played, not their whole career in college, in college, the last year, um, anyone completing over 60% of their passes tends to be successful in the NFL. If you're under 60%, you have almost no chance. Matt Ryan was 59.2%. But, you know, people are like, well, Russell Wilson was 56 for three years, but he was 72 his last year. Matt Stafford was 61 his last year. He was 54 the year before. It's, it, you have to see gradual improvement. And Josh Allen, look, he was like 7 for 39 against Oregon passing. Like, that's not acceptable. Oregon's not very good on defense. It was their first year with Jim Levitt. It was, you were on the road at Wyoming. You should have been better. So I think he's got that wart. You know, 
Lamar Jackson, oddly enough, plays in the most pro-style offense of all of these six guys that, that you call top guys. But he misses too many easy throws, which, which would bother me. You know, Baker Mayfield... We have not seen much success in an air raid offense quarterback coming in the NFL. Case Keenum this year was probably the most, but what took him five years to do it? I think this is still true. It's a great stat. No Big 12 quarterback has ever won a playoff game. I think that's still true this year. No guy who has been drafted out of the Big 12 has ever won a playoff. It's an amazing stat. I think I'm still correct in that. And the Big 12 goes all the way back to like 1990 four or whatever it is no guy who's been drafted unless it happened this year and i'm not thinking about it off the top of my head somebody can tweet me but up to this playoff run and yeah, I'm trying to, I, I think pat mahomes might be the first you think he's gonna be that good yeah eventually I, it, it might not be this year i think this is like a, a, a year for the chiefs to go a nate and kind of reboot and then come back next year um yeah well my other favorite says no big 10 quarterback has been drafted in the first round since 95 since carry collins. You know, collins which is amazing because they're not they're not bad at football i mean imagine you know, ohio state's won championships and they run a lot of pro style yeah, offense yeah, it's, it's, it's remarkable. a lot of like you know line it up in yeah. three yards it, in a cloud of dust it's still amazing so you know lamar jackson can't complete passes baker mayfield the air raid college thing is an issue um he's uber talented i like him to go to new orleans and sit for two years and that'd be fantastic for him and then mason rudolph big arm i don't know where he fits in this whole thing but you think six will go in the first round well i I think you know if cousins goes to the browns whoever cousins goes to now is out of the quarterback right and it could be a team that you're not really anticipating being in the quarterback race though right this is a weird this is the this is the weird scenario for a team jacksonville trades for eli manning and the giants sign cousins at two and then take barkley at two you think Jacksonville could trade for Eli? What would what would the, they give up? The late first round pick they have. Oh, you think Eli's worth a late first round pick right now? I guess if the Jacksonville believes that they are able to win a Super Bowl. Are you telling me that if they had Eli this year, Alex Smith, Kirk Cousins, they wouldn't be playing today? Or the, in a couple no, days? I mean I think the Jack. I've been arguing that if I were looking at it purely from a win a championship perspective next year. There is zero doubt that the best possible option for Cousins is to go to Jacksonville. Yes, you're, zero. You're in a weaker, weaker conference. You play in the South with Luck coming back from injury, Mariota with a new coach now, Watson coming back from injury too. Like it just sets up perfect, perfect. for you. Yes. Uh, and look, they still have free agency to add depth to the offense, depth to the defense. They can draft guys. But you know, if you're if you're giving up, would it be like the 28th pick for Eli Manning? I think mean, that's fair. I think the Giants would actually do that. That's not a bad uh, bad theory. I mean, if you're willing. Now the challenge is still that you've got to deal with the Blake Bortles salary. Like could right. you I mean I almost feel like they could if they if they really decided to go and get rid of Bortles, I feel like what they would have to do is basically fire sell him just like we saw with Brock Osweiler. And just, and just eat the dead money. Eat the, and also give up some picks. Like Cleveland took on Osweiler's salary in order to get picks from the Texans. And uh, that's the only play I can see that happening. Let me bring in, we'll talk about this on the flip side. We're talking to Jeff Schwartz. We're live Radio Row, third floor Mall of America in Minneapolis here. Uh, let me bring in the uh, my guy, Eddie Garcia, find out what's shaking the world of sports. All right, Clay, in the NBA last night, we had the Trailblazers beating the Bulls 124-108. to Portland's C.J. McCollum only played three quarters. He had 50 points in 29 minutes. He's the sixth player this season to score 50 or more. 
in the game. Celtics without the injured Kyrie Irving still crushed the Knicks 103-73. Terry Rozier started for the injured Irving. He had a triple-double, 17 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists. Cavaliers hold off the Heat for a 91-89 victory. Cleveland's won four of its last 11 games with that victory over Miami. College basketball, eight ranked teams in action, including three teams in the top five. Wins for number two, Virginia, third-ranked Purdue, and number five, Michigan State. The only ranked team to lose was 15th-ranked West Virginia, who fell at Iowa State 93-77. to And Clay, news from the NFL, where Fox won the bid for the Thursday night football package. They will carry 11 games per season, agreeing on a five-year deal reportedly worth around $600 million per year. Good deal. I appreciate it, my man, Eddie Garcia, breaking down the world of sports and beyond. I don't know if we had you on debating this, Jeff. We were talking again about what's going to happen with Cousins and everything else. But if Brady wins his sixth title Sunday, a couple of days from now, how would you break down him versus Jordan? Did we ask you this on the show? No, no. That's a good question. So Jordan six versus Brady six, which of these team sport athletes would be the best in your mind? Like, as you play football, you know yeah. how hard it is to get to the Super Bowl. You're an NBA I, fan. You obviously grew up watching Jordan yeah. play. How would you assess the two? Because I think they would have to be one and two in pretty much everybody's list for the most dominant team athletes of the last, you know, 40 years, basically, going back to when Jordan started his NBA career up to the present day with Tom Brady. It's Tom Brady um, mainly because I think they've had to struggle more to get there. Uh, you see them having these fourth-quarter comebacks. I think the, the surrounding talent around Tom Brady is not what it was with Jordan. Right? Jordan, I mean, he had Pippen there. He had Steve Curry. He had the best coach, which cancels out, obviously, with, with, uh, with Belichick as well. You know, Tom Brady won a Super Bowl without Gronkowski. I mean, did Jordan win without Pippen? Like, that would be almost what would have had to happen. Also, I, I can't, the top of my head, how, which teams did Jordan beat? I just think Tom Brady has beaten better. It's hard to compare, obviously, teams in different sports, but like he's beaten better football teams than Jordan has beaten basketball teams. And I love Jordan. I think, you know, obviously, fantastic. But I just think Tom Brady, to do it in a, in, a, in a hard salary cap sport over 16 years, to go to eight AFC championship games, uh, I mean, excuse me, to win eight AFC championship games, he went to 12 last 16 years. It's remarkable. So I think it's Tom Brady. How would you assess, I asked this question on Twitter and it kind of surprised me, how would you assess the likelihood if you had to pick for the next two years, Brady or Belichick, you only get one of those guys. The other one's going to be gone. Um, it's a great question. I think you take Belichick. But I mean, it, 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 Belichick won our poll by a substantial It margin. also depends on who you're bringing in as the other quarterback. I just think that the system with, with Belichick leaving, if he were to leave, the whole system is done. So the system of not making mistakes of big games probably goes away of not having big errors you know what the Patriots do so well is they force other teams to make mistakes whether it's Seattle and the interception which they should have thrown the ball just they got beat on the route whether it's um you know whether it's Atlanta not running the ball then the game whether it's you know week 15 uh the uh the Steelers screwing up the end of game situations the Patriots typically don't make those mistakes and if you now you're out Patricia you're out McDaniels you're probably out your, your Flores, your linebacker coach next year for head coach in gig. And if you're out Belichick, um, I think you're done. Now, if you, you know, Tom Brady's out, you know, he could win eight to ten games with Brian Hoyer. He's not going to win a Super Bowl probably, but I think Belichick would be better without Brady than Brady without Belichick. Prop bets. I love to gamble at the Super Bowl. Yes. I know you're paying attention to this. My guys at Odd Shark just put one out. You can bet what color shirt Bill Belichick will be wearing at the Super Bowl. 
Like that's how yeah, they have, ridiculous uh, shirt or, is it? Shirt or hoodie? Uh, what color shirt will Belichick be wearing at the Super Bowl? Blue is favored at minus one fifty. Gray is plus one forty. And then you could go on a flyer with red at plus nine hundred, white at plus nine hundred. What's your favorite prop bet from the Super Bowl this year? So a couple of them. One and because uh, I'm I'm doing a gambling web show on Action Network. Uh, 5 p.m. Eastern, day of the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl day. Yeah, yep. so on Sunday. Um, so you're so, doing your work to see which the best. Yeah. So well, I well, I, so it's different. So like, I, my problem is when I gamble, I oh, I look at it from like a football perspective as well. So I get beat a lot on like really like example. I prop bet a bunch for the for the AFC Championship game and NFC Championship game. Like I had like Garrett Blunt over 21 and a half yards because I looked. The Eagles gonna have to run the ball. It's gonna be a physical game. And Blunt had 21 yards and I lost, right? So I, yeah. ca- I case Keenum over eight and a half rushing yards. The Eagles' pass rush is fierce. He's going to have to run a bunch. Yeah. He ended up with eight total yards. So I yeah. lost both those. Like, eight. So that's probably – I probably wouldn't bet those if I didn't play football and think like a football player. But the ones I like, Tom Brady, at least up until I think two days ago, was minus 110 for fourth quarter touchdown pass. Which seems insanely likely. Which seems likely. insanely likely. There's also a prop bet on what Gatorade they're going to wear. Um, and I, I think I know the answer to that too, and it's all plus. Like the, I think the, the lowest one's plus. Why do you think you know the answer to the Gatorade color? Um, Is that a football knowledge, or do you have inside uh, no, sideline knowledge? No, they, they you typically drink the Gatorade color of your jersey because you don't want to wear white jerseys with red Gatorade because then you have red stains and all over. And people think you got blood all over. Yeah, you. or green, whatever it is. So, so 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 like New England would would wear would have like lime Gatorade, essentially yellow, yeah, with white jerseys. They don't make white. Gatorade, I don't think, and then you would have the Eagles would have green or lime too, so they, they could have the same Gatorade. Now I don't know. Now, I don't think I don't know if this if the the. So then you're betting also on which team wins to get Gatorade dumped. But they could yes. You I, get, I, if, see, if you get plus money, I, 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 you can what, take both and you win. Right. What I don't understand though is this, is this bet going to be determined on if the 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 Gatorade toss at the end of the game or whether they someone like visibly sees it during I, the game. I always like when they have a female performer and there's a bet of whether or not they're going to have cleavage. And then somebody oh, yes. comes out, like Katy Perry did a couple of years yeah. ago, and they had right. to pay both sides because they weren't sure whether she was showing enough cleavage. <laughs> so, like, you have to go to the uh, you have to go to the judge and be like, I don't know, is that enough? Are we seeing enough cleavage here, or is, is that a cleavage I, top or not? I'm pulling up the the email. I got a, a, the email for like the wacky like the wacky prop bet. There's like 15 of these things that are just well, let's let's hit them. Let's hit them on the backside. We'll bring in all the crew and we'll all bet on which of these prop bets we like. Uh, I am Clay Travis. We are talking right now with uh, Jeff Schwartz. You can follow him on uh, Twitter at Jeff Schwartz. We'll finish off the show live radio row, third floor Mall of America. You can come by and see us. I am Clay Travis. It's Outkate the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Yep. It's Justin Timberlake's latest new song. He's going to be meeting the media today as he's performing at halftime. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com. 15 minutes ago. I am Clay Travis. We are live here, Radio Row. Lots of you coming out to say hi. Appreciate it. Going to be a busy day on Radio Row. You can already kind of feel the intensity growing as we come up on about 7.45-ish local time here in Minneapolis. Going to be a very busy day with all of the media rolling into town here. Just about every show that we'll be broadcasting will be live here. So we've been having some fun. we got Jeff Schwartz on with us live from Radio Row here at the Super Bowl. And there are a bunch of these uh, popular prop bets, which are becoming every year a little bit more popular. For people out there who want to entertain entertain themselves and watch the game, obviously the Patriots are right now a a four-and-a-half-point favorite 
over-under on this game is 48-and-a-half. That's going to be discussed a lot. We'll talk with my guy Todd Furman about it tomorrow. We'll probably also talk with him a little bit about these props too. And some of them are serious. For instance, you can talk about how much Tom Brady's going to pass on, uh, pass for. Over-under 289, uh, Nick Foll passing yards, over-under 242-and-a-half, longest TD score. Can bet on whether the coin toss is going to be heads or tails. I love this. 55% of the wagers so far on heads, even though it's exactly 50-50, you would think. I guess people would believe in uh, heads or tails. The length of the national anthem over under two minutes, 55% of the handle on the over. And then some of these interesting ones. How many times will Giselle Bunchen be shown on TV during the broadcast? I'm going to ask the crew. Over, under, one and a half. Which side are you taking? So she has to be two for the win. And would you go, would she be shown two times for the win or less than two, basically? I think she'll be shown two times. I think they'll show her So you one, would go over. I think they'll show her once when they talk about what was said in Boston about his daughter. Yeah. I bet, you think that, they talk about that on the show, I, on the game? I think at some point. Now, are these for the game telecast or for entire, the pre- Entire game. You don't, um, it doesn't count it during the, the pregame. And then, and then I just think that, I just think that now that. Tom is has that the reality show. They'll show they'll show her when they get. I just think two times over. Yeah. What about over. you, Jason Martin? I would go over as well. I could see maybe three. I could see her. I'll see her in a luxury box at some point. I do think that I don't know. Maybe James White runs for a touchdown. He's like, "How about your piss ain't there?" As he goes into the end zone, <laughs> and then they show Giselle after that. I think that's an easy over two. I could definitely see two, but I could even see three times during the broadcast. There are tons of prop bets surrounding pink for the national anthem. What color hair will she have? Brown or black is p- paying at nine to one, and blue slash purple is also playing at nine to one. White or blonde is the extreme favorite. Will she be airborne at any point during the singing of the national anthem? <laughs> no. That would be amazing. But if you think that she might, you can get her at three to one. Uh, will she forget or omit a word? That's been a big debate in years past whether or not that's going to happen. She's a big Eagles fan. Will she say Eagles before, during, or after? Almost even money. I, I think on she'll, she'll if say she's fly, Eagles fly yeah, think, is what I can I, see her saying. I can for sure see that happening, yes. Uh, will she wear an Eagles hat or shirt? Uh, and then there's all sorts of uh, all sorts of just other additional crazy decisions. And you were saying, like, uh, what color will Belichick's shirt be at kickoff? You can bet on that. But isn't he wearing a hoodie? Is that, isn't, of course he's going to wear a hoodie. A hoodie counts as a shirt. I mean, it still has to be a color. Um, how many times will Carson Wentz be mentioned during the broadcast? Over uh, three and a half right now, the majority of the... Uh, oh, over three Way and a half. over. Will, here's a good one. Will Donovan McNabb's vomiting incident from Super Bowl 39, the last time the Patriots and the Eagles played, be mentioned at all during the broadcast? What do you guys think? It's it's plus three twenty right now. It's it's a I, no. I don't know the context of why that would happen. I could hear it maybe in the pregame, but not during the game unless, unless Nick Foles gets sick. <laughs> yeah, some of those are. Here is a crazy one. Will Nipplegate remember the last time <laughs> Justin Timberlake performed? Uh, when Justin Timberlake performed, obviously he ripped off the uh, the top uh, of Janet Jackson. Which, by the way, in our modern sex-based and race-based obsessed sports culture, I think it might end Justin Timberlake's career because it would turn into a huge story. I'm telling you right now, it would turn into a huge story about how white men have never respected black women. If that happened today, it would be like the number one story for woke gate sports media, like Justin Timberlake, is he racist, would be like the headline. It wouldn't be considered like a funny kind of moment. 
uh, or a scandalous moment like it was back then. It would be considered a racist it, and it, sexist sadly, moment. Sadly, it would go all in you. with the Me Too, right? It would be like, this is all about Me Too. The, women can't even perform at the Super Bowl without being objectified. I'm telling you, it would be all like hands on deck. It would be insane. But will anyone mention, and this is a legit, bra- uh, legit uh, quote, Nipplegate during the broadcast? That seems crazy to me. That no. it would ever be said. Al Michaels is not saying that. Al no. Michaels, 5-1. to one. It, 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 If it was Brent Musburger, for sure. <laughs> not Al Michaels. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Um, what color will Justin Timberlake's shoes be? If you think they're going to be yellow, you can make 20-1, to one, which is pretty crazy in terms of uh, that. Uh, all of this stuff is just basically what is going to happen, like what's the luck situation here. Of, uh, of overall. Um, so, what is your favorite prop bets? We're talking to Jeff Schwartz or Live Radio Row. Well, the the one I mentioned earlier, the Tom Brady throwing a fourth-quarter touchdown plus, uh, minus 110, I feel like is stealing. Um, the, fir- he, the, the first. We're, speaking of stealing, by the way, you can bet on Tom Brady's jersey being stolen again <laughs> at 10 to 1. Remember, it was stolen yes. last year, uh, speaking of stealing. Um, dude, there's so many. These Here's another good one, by the way. Who will the Super Bowl MVP mention first in his speech? His teammates is two to one. God is three to one. The city he's from, seven to one. The coach, seven to one. The owner, ten to one. Family at sixteen to one. That seems like a pretty good bet. I see. I see. If if Tom Brady Tom's wins, going teammates. He's going teammates or family first. He's not. He's never. I don't think he's ever done the God first. If it's someone else, then. The, the God bet. God, God at three to one. If, if Nick Foles is in, he'll say it. He'll say that first. You think he'll go God first? He did it. He did it. He did the other day. So I think, yeah. It, so it depends who you think the MVP will be. But Ta- sixteen to one on the family because the I mean, family could be on the field. Like the you know, like if it's yeah. Brady, like in Giselle, um, everything that kind of surrounds that. I think it could be Tom, pretty wild. Tom Brady to win the MVP is minus one thirteen right now. It's not bad either. Well, I, I think it would be hard pressed for the Patriots to win this game and Brady not to be the MVP. Hundred percent, and quarterback seems to be the go-to MVP. Yeah, choice. and especially with Brady, I feel like at forty years old, he's going to be the focal point. And I don't see any way the Patriots win if Brady came out and went like eleven for twenty-eight for one hundred and twenty yards or something like that. Like I don't see the Patriots being able to win unless they have a really, really good game. What about this one? Over under Donald Trump tweets on February the fourth. Five is the number under, right un- now. Well, oh, that's wait, wait for the game or just no? Total that's the whole day. day. You don't. I think I like going over just because there could be any number of controversies going on that have nothing to do with the Super Bowl. And right. So could be he world decides. Events. Yeah, there could be a world event that happens. So I, what is overpay there? Uh, let's see. What does it say? It says it doesn't even have it listed yet. I don't see what it pays out yet. Um, I, I think you go over there because I think it's likely Trump might well tweet about the Super Bowl. But I think certainly you could always have an inter, uh, an international incident or a national incident that he feels compelled to talk about. All right. Tomorrow, last day from Super Bowl, my thanks to Jeff Schwartz, my thanks to all of you, and to all of you who have come by. We've had a lot of people come by today who are OutKick listeners uh, from in the Minnesota area. Appreciate all of you guys and girls. My name is Clay Travis. This is OutKick, the coverage, a live final day from the Super Bowl tomorrow on Friday on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.
at Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch strata coaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com.